0: Love, Hope, Radio.
1: Welcome everybody, you are listening to Voice of the People USA Radio live, coming to you from Hazleton, Pennsylvania, land of the occupied. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight, obviously a very special episode tonight, and this is the America is Under Siege series, part number two, and it is titled Dark Side of Illegal Immigration, and our very special guest host tonight, well, special guest, excuse me. Will be none other than Mr. Dan Digger Amato of com, and we're obviously very excited about having him join us. And he is actually calling in now. Hello, <laughs> sir. Hang out.
2: Hi, <laughs> how are you doing?
1: <laughs> All right. Just doing my little intro here, so give me one second if you would, just so everybody yeah, go for knows. It. Obviously, Mr. Dan Amato is a legend when it comes to immigration a enforcement, when it comes to telling the truth that the mainstream media ignores, truly the one person responsible for motivating me and motivating many, many countless other individuals to get involved in the movement to secure our country, to protect our country, to protect its citizens. And obviously, from a personal level, I call him a friend and I call him somebody that's a role model to me. So we're very excited to have him here. It's his first time ever calling in on this format used to come in on our other radio show that we used to have on the other station. So we're happy to have them. And calling in very soon will be Mr. Andrew Woodring and Mike Jacobson. They're running a little bit behind tonight, so they will be checking in with us shortly, just so everybody knows. And everybody else out there listening, I want to thank all the good people, all our friends in the Immigration and of Movement from Barbara Co. to Jeff Swilk to... Uh, Oh, my God, there's so many, Chuck Hammer, everybody that was sharing these emails and really letting people know what's going on for tonight's episode and putting it out there that figure going to be our guest. So thank you, everybody that shared, our friends in Arizona, our friends in California, New York, New York, New Jersey, everywhere across the country. Thank you. Now, the other night, I did one of my little rant episodes, it aired at 2.30 in the morning, and... It was listed as the hour of rage with me. It became an hour and a half, of course, because well, I never know when to shut up. And I gotta say a special thank you because I know we have a lot of listeners that were on that show joining us tonight. And it blew my mind that so many people actually tuned into that show. So thank you, everybody. And it's an odd time, and it's nothing more than listening to me go off like a friggin' wild man, but got to say, I'm always, always, always taken back by all of you making this show special. And the countdown is still on. March 10th and March 11th is when Voice of the People USA actually goes into the studio. 1460, I believe it's 1460, yes. 1460 WIFI Radio, and that obviously covers, covers the Philadelphia Southern Jersey, Northern Jersey, New York, Maryland, all that good chunk of land there. So we're going legit, as well as LA Talk Radio picking us up. So not only will you have this format, but this show will be heard by even more listeners and more people actually on AM radio. And, again, that's because of all of you. So i got to thank you for that. And looking forward to the opportunity. I don't know how the hell I'm going to pull off, you know, all of us sounding professional in the studio. It's going to be kind of hard, but so be it. Getting into one thing real, real, real quick, and then we're going to move right into Digger. Want to talk about, well, i spent enough time on Facebook censoring free speech, so I guess I'll shut up with that. But seeing the, the ads, the advertising, if you will, for the one million Muslim March set to take place in Washington DC on the fourth of July. Well, I checked out the website and I think it's one million Muslim march dot net. I Believe it's dot net or dot com, one of the two, I'm pretty sure it's dot net. And when you read what the march is about, ladies and gentlemen, they're not talking about everybody, let's be united and harmoniously stand together and celebrate a religion. They're marching on our birthday to talk about how bad America is, to talk about how good having mosques at World Trade Center site and Shanksville and everywhere else is, and talking about the pros of Sharia law and talking about the pros of the Islamic faith. I am not opposed to a religion. I'm not opposed to Muslims. I'm opposed to the radical elements. So, holding this march on this day, they're doing it for a reason, okay? And as long as they're legal citizens of the United States of America, yeah, you have your right to protest, you have your right to assemble, that's fine. But just know that we have the right to assemble and protest you, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to be joined by a lot of people from around the country. I put this up on Facebook as an event. When you get past all the, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill your family, burn in hell, evil American crap, we actually got down to the core and found a lot of patriotic people that actually believe this is the wrong thing to do, it's the wrong time, and they're going to join us. And for those that can't join us in Washington, D.C. on July 4th, we are going to have rallies being set up in, the, in people's states, in their cities, in their states, whatever, to run in conjunction with this protest taking place in D.C. So, since I've been getting so much heat for that, and I figured it's only a matter of time before Facebook eliminates that account, too, that I would get into it just a little bit and touch on that now. So on Facebook, the America Rising profile, or Daniel Spriglio, or Voice of People USA radio fan page, check it out. One more the link there to the event, and we will be doing a couple shows to focus on that one coming up very soon. With that said, I am finally, finally, finally going to stop talking so much. And here comes the segue, Dan. Are you ready? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, my fake drum roll. I don't have one to play, so imagine a drum roll playing in your heads, everybody. And welcome to the show, Mr. Dan Amato. How are you, Dan?
2: Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. (laughs) Good to be on.
1: Uh, I appreciate you coming on here
2: tonight. Now, first things first, I want to touch
1: on Shenandoah. The other yeah. night we did a show, and it was just me and Mike on that show, and he actually asked a question about my thoughts of what happened in Shenandoah and everything else. And obviously we have the connection to what went went down in Shenandoah. You know, we all went there and had a rally of support for that town, and obviously you were very involved with Save Shenandoah and, you know, all the good things that actually did come of that. So I want to get your thoughts, a little background, if you would, on Shenandoah, Pennsylvania. Remember, we do have a lot of unique listeners, so not everybody out there may be aware of what happened in Shenandoah, Pennsylvania, so if you'd do a little bit of info on that and throw your thoughts on what happened,
2: I'd appreciate it. Well, sure. I mean, uh, basically what we had happen out there is uh, I consider it just a fight. Uh, There was a bunch of teams, like five Five teens that went to a little carnival during the daytime in mid-2008, uh, and they had a little carnival that they have up there all the time. And I guess these teens, uh, some of them football players, uh, one one who uh, was a volunteer, firefighter, you know, just your average small-town teens. I, mean, I don't know if people are aware. Shenandoah is small. It's about 5,400 people. It's an old mining town that's kind of gone gone down over the years, um, you know, uh, with the with the mining the coal mining um, slowing over the years. And these teens were out, and they were doing what teen boys do. They were drinking underage, and they were wandering around, and they they were going through a park, and they spotted, it was about 1130, and they spotted um, this, this guy with an underage girl in the park. And he turned out to be, his name was Luis Ramirez, and he turned out to be an illegal alien. Now, of course, they didn't know that at the time. They didn't know any of this at the time. Um, they were asking, basically they asked the girl, uh, what are you doing here in the park alone with this guy? I mean, she was 13 or 14, I believe at the time. Uh, what are you doing here in the park, you know, with, with this guy night? And, and it escalated into a fight. Um, Ramirez and them got in a fight. They knocked him down and the words were spoken. I'm sure ethnic serves were thrown because he was, he was Mexican from both sides uh, in the testimony during the trial from both sides the ethnic slurs were thrown and nobody knew who said what. Uh but they got up and, and they walked away. They the teens walked away after the fight. I'm sure they were shouting back stuff. But Ramirez, I guess, called some of his friends. He had time, you know, to call his friends. He could have he could have left. They could have all broken up after the fight. And uh then he decided to charge the teens. I guess he got some kind of uh, I'm not sure at the time if he was drinking or whatever. He got some kind of, uh, you know, balls that he could take on five teens and charged them and punched one of them. And the teens turned around, and they got into a scuffle again and knocked him down. And uh, he ended up going to the hospital, and he later died of his injuries um, several days later. Now, I want to make it clear that the teens were at fault as far as drinking underage. They were at fault as far as fighting and being out at night. But what escalated beyond that is they were charged not with just assault. Two of the boys were charged with murder. Um, Another one was they were also charged, of course, with underage drinking, and one with providing alcohol to them for being underage. And they were also charged by the state with what's called ethnic intimidation. And this is where your hate crime and civil rights thing enters the enters the picture and it was spurred on a lot by the racial groups of uh, the Hispanic quote, Hispanic Latino groups, LULAC, MALDEF, to file these ethnic intimidation charges against them as a hate crime as if they attacked him simply because he was Hispanic. So they ended up going to trial for this. Uh, Brandon Pekarski and Derek Donchek ended up going to trial for this and they were um, found not guilty in 2009 of the murder and the ethnic intimidation charges. Now, I want to make it clear here exactly what ethnic intimidation means. Uh, the offense defined under the state statute is a person commits the offense of ethnic intimidation if it with malicious intention toward the actual or perceived race, color, religion, national origin, ancestry, mental or physical disability, sexual orientation, gender, or gender identity of an individual or group of individuals. So that's what it was defined as. It is definitely, um, you know, hate crime. But it's the state-level hate crime, not a federal level. And they were found not guilty of these charges. Um, And what happened after that is Governor Ed Ed Rendell of Pennsylvania and these groups decided to file with the federal government, the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice, to then go after these teams. And they were both, uh, Brandon Pekarski and Derek Donchak were cleared of all the ethnic intimidation. So they were found not guilty of these hate crimes and the attack based on race. And they were also cleared of the murder. They were convicted on simple assault, which I agreed with. I followed the trial day after day and uh, the transcripts and that. And, uh, yeah, they were, found not, uh, they were found guilty of simple assault, which is basically fighting and underage drinking, and they did time for it. Uh, they did six months, I think, each. Um, during the trial, the pathologist who examined Luis Ramirez's body said that his, the cause of death was his head striking an inanimate object or a, an object that wasn't moving. Um, during the trial, the question was whether one of the teens kicked him in the head and caused his death well of course with the pathologist saying that his head struck some uh, an object which was the ground you know a curb it was on the cement and not being struck by a moving object which would be a foot that is why they were not convicted now the federal government stepped in and decided they wanted to make this about a hate crime and they couldn't charge them under the hate crimes law so they went to an obscure section of the federal housing act um, to charge them on this and they brought them to trial on this, which is a uh, you know Fifth Amendment violation on the, under the Constitution of, of double jeopardy. Now the uh, it's basically that they were charging that they attacked Luis Ramirez simply because of his race, and that's exactly what the ethnic intimidation charges were at the state level. They were found guilty of these charges, and the Department of Justice released a a statement after the trial. That said, quote, this is from the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division. Myisha Braden was the one that charged them, uh, prosecuted them. Said the jury found the defendants guilty of violating the criminal component of the Federal Fair Housing Act, which makes it a crime to use a person's race, national national origin, or ethnicity as a basis to interfere with violence or threats of violence with a person's right to live where he chooses to live. So they charged them under the Federal Housing Act, <laughs> and said that they denied him the right to live wherever he wanted to, even though he was an illegal alien, simply because of his race. Now, they were found innocent and acquitted by a jury at the state level of the same charges that they attacked him based on race. The federal government charged them that they violated his rights based on, or his right to housing based on race. That's double jeopardy. Um, They were charged twice. Basically, the reason we have the Fifth Amendment in the first place is so that, you know, uh... Sovereign government um, cannot charge you under this, charge you over and over with the same crime until they get one jury to finally convict you. Now, they were just convicted and, uh, at the end of last year, and they were just sentenced in a couple of days ago, about a week ago, to uh, nine years in prison each. So these these teens that were 17, I think 17 and 18 at the time, 17 and 19 at the time, are now going to serve nine years in prison and we went to Shenandoah uh, in August 2008, right after the incident occurred. And, and, and we, we told Shenandoah when we were there, we had 600 people show up out of a town of 5,400. So more than 10% of the population showed up for that rally. And we told them at the time, this is not about what happened that night. This is about making these two into the poster children of a racist America. And Later on at the end of that year, after we had that rally, uh, the Puerto Rican Legal Defense and Education Fund, Pearl Def, actually filed with the Organization of American States, which is a group in Latin America that we've actually signed on to a charter with them, that this was a sign of how Hispanics are not treated fairly or not treated, uh, how did they put it? Hispanics are not being protected in the United States. And they cited the Luis Ramirez case as an example of this, that, that, that the United States is basically a bunch of racists who just beat Hispanics and Latinos and kill them, and nothing's done about it. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. I'm outraged at it personally. Um, if you go to diggersrealm.com and scroll down a little bit, you'll see the story of their sentencing. But there's tons of links in there. And you can actually go back to the state trial where I follow it day by day. And you can see that there was not it had nothing to do other than other than there were probably some shouts of ethnic slurs, which you know in the, in a fight it's like everybody uses whatever they can to like intimidate the other person. It had nothing to do with his race. They weren't walking around in the middle of the night looking for a Hispanic guy to kill. Um, it was it was a fight that occurred and teen boys that were drinking and you know I mean it's just outrageous, Dan. Yeah.
1: It, you, the whole thing, you know, about Hispanics not being protected in the United States of America. You know, i, I got to say that, yet again, leave it to them to put a race to illegal because they're, they're the first ones to do that. Illegal does have a race in their eyes only because it paints America as being the big, bad, scary individuals that go around and beat up anybody and kill anybody who doesn't look like them. You know, and it, it blows my mind how this I mean, murder is murder, and murder is wrong, all right? And nobody is disputing that. We've gone over that a thousand times. But it's amazing how the case of Luis Ramirez was exploited and propagandized and used and the federal government's involvement and the state government's involvement to really set an example and to make an example out of these individuals and this situation. But what I wonder is why is it that the thousands and thousands of American citizens, including Hispanic citizens, African American citizens, Asian citizens, Irish—the list goes on and on and on—that have been murdered at the hands of illegals since just 2001. You know, how come we don't hear the stories about that? How come there's no? Yeah, well,
2: I mean, like, look at it this way: with the with the Chandra Levy thing in in Washington D.C. where she was killed in a Rock Creek Park. It turns out. You know, years later, it had nothing to do with Gary Condit. It had to do with the fact that an illegal alien killed her, as she was Jewish. And you know, I mean, if we had groups like these racist groups, like Orasa and the you know MALDAF and these race-based groups who just want racist, you know, their race to succeed and everybody else to fail, if we had groups like that, that were were that appalled at it, uh, that guy would be a poster child you know, across this nation of of why we don't want illegal aliens here. But you know what? There's no group like that for us. There's no group like that for Americans. Um, So it's, we didn't file with the United Nations, you know, a report that Americans aren't being protected from illegal aliens based on the Chandra Levy case, like they did with the organization of American states. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is no group there. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it happens every day. Um, You know, there's, there's many people that are killed every day by illegal aliens, whether it's through drunk driving, murder. Um, the drugs they supply us, you can't even count the number of people that have died from drugs that were supplied from Mexican cartels. Um, you know, just the list goes on and on and on as to the number, but there's no group out there. Well,
1: exactly. and Even, you know, and this is one that really gets me too. And, again, I said the other night that I'm not going to be purposely singling out Hispanic illegals but when the Majority of the crime comes from That you know individual Group well then We're going to talk about
2: it Mm -hmm. And Uh, one other thing I'd like to Point out and I mean a lot of People you know when I bring this up they're like oh Well they kind of deserve to go to jail Or it wasn't double jeopardy or They don't want to hear it because they don't want To defend these boys who got in a fight and the Guy ended up dying in the end They don't want to defend that um of course, they most of these people don't go over the trial transcripts and realize that the cause of death was not from the impact of a blow; it was from the impact of him hitting the ground. Um, they don't want to look at that. But the fact is, the federal government is overstepping here, time and time again. And specifically, the civil rights section of the Department of Justice. Okay, they wouldn't go after the Black Panthers; they wouldn't go after groups like that. But they would go after, you know, they. The Civil Rights Division is the same group of people in Washington D.C. in the Department of Justice that went after Border Patrol agents Gary Brugman, went after Border Patrol agents Ramos and Campion, went after uh, Sharon Deputy Gilmer Hernandez. All these people along our border, preventing illegal immigration, preventing drugs from coming into our country, they're being shut down by the Civil Rights Division, the same one that prosecuted Pikarsky and Doncek it's concerted it's a concerted effort for anybody that's going to stand up against illegal immigration or anybody that happens to be involved with an illegal alien in a fight or or even like saying something bad to them they can prosecute you for violating their civil rights and it's just like it's like the federal government is just, just stepping in and making uh you know a big broad statement here it's not just this one case it's it's the case of the border agents it's the case of anybody that's trying you know, to interrupt uh, the flow into our country from the southern border. Yeah,
1: you know, and what I like is who steps up and says that when we get, you know, when we hold our rallies and do our things and whatever, when you get the I'm going to kill you, Gringo, and your family, and the 13s will really be waiting for you, and all sort of crap. I mean, who's there to, you know, get us and defend our, you know, our safety and keep us, whatever, free from harm, even when we went to Arizona, I brought this up, and I'll continue to bring this up. You know, Department of Justice and you know, Homeland Security—they were there. They were there for that big rally. Mm-hmm. And why were they there? To watch us. Not the fact that yeah, all Yeah, yeah, it was
2: amazing because when we when we did that Phoenix thing, they actually brought me and you and and uh, um, you know a couple of the biker groups, the, the leader of the um, of the motorcycle clubs there that were doing a ride around the around the rally before we started with American flags. They had us all in there. That was like a group yeah. of them. I mean, it was the police, it was DHS, it was, who else was in there? ATF well, or somebody? Remember. Yeah. yeah DHS, but but there, meanwhile, DHS. you walked out You walked out after that, and there were like, you know, illegals protesting. <laughs> and yeah. They are like standing yeah. out there protesting, doing you know, doing it whenever they felt like it. And I'm sure they weren't dragged into a room, you know, with 15, you know, federal agents and local law enforcement because they would have been deported because a lot of them were illegal. And remember we had it was right. ridiculous. We we had a If you everybody try to follow out of the, room. the law. Yeah. Yeah, if you try okay. to follow the law in this country and do things the right way, then you know, you could you gotta jump through hoops to do it and then they'll nail you in the end anyway. Yep. But if you if yeah. you're illegal in here, if you're breaking along and you just want to do things your way and ignore everything, like they got this protest coming up in front of the White House in a couple of days this this radical Muslim out of uh, out of England that just flies over here. Well, I was watching Glenn Beck today, and, uh, you know, I'm, I watched Glenn Beck. I like some of what he does. I don't like other things of what he does. But today he exposed that there's no permit on file for them to show up. So they're just going to show up in front of the White House and rally. They'll probably yeah. get arrested or detained, and then they're going to come back and say, see, they're just shutting down Muslims. You know, nobody will mention on the news that they didn't have a permit. It'll just be, oh, Muslims arrested in front <laughs>
1: You know, it, it amazes me. It really, really does amaze me, considering the fact that you know firsthand from, as everybody knows, and, and I do, you know, I have to make this clear so there's no confusion for, well, the haters out there, but Dan Amato is not a member of Voice of the People USA, okay? He's Dan you know better than anybody. You do your own thing, and you're an independent voice. But Dan decided to work with us and be one of the three or four main organizers of Phoenix of Phoenix Rising, as well as going back to Shenandoah and things like that. Because when other people get scared, Dan steps up because he does what's right. And you've seen firsthand getting involved in the whole realm of holding rallies. What you have to go through Just to hold an event On a patch of grass For Christ's sake And Mm -hmm. it amazes me That individuals that openly Admit that they hate This country That they despise the United States of America They can just show up Nobody will touch them Because they're a protected Mm -hmm. class If you're an illegal you're protected If you have radical beliefs you're protected But all of us who stand up for the rule of law, that want security and safety in our nation, we are the newfound radicals, ladies and gentlemen. We're the ones that are on the watch list. We're the ones blacklisted, targeted, and, you know, led around by our masters, so to speak, at events, because if we say anything wrong, they'll take us into custody. A complete violation of our rights, but it's amazing to me how these individuals get away literally and figuratively with murder, and are able to do whatever the hell they want to do in this country, and nobody addresses it. And and well, that comes back, back to
2: the Alamo, the go. Alamo rally. Uh, the same thing, you know. I mean, we we were set for ten, 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 and uh, you know the, the the powers that be in San Antonio, you know, uh, that that issued the permits and that they shut down the rally, and we had organized this, and it was all it was all set. And they decided they didn't want us there, so they just up the fees and they up the fees and they up the fees, and and I'm guaranteeing you these Muslims are going to show up in front of the White House. These radical extremists are not having any fees imposed on them that 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 are going to prevent them from doing this. They have no permit, first of all, so they are they aren't exposing themselves to fees by not even getting a permit. But yeah. it's it's just goes back to our government once again punishing the people that are here who work a job, who pay their taxes, who don't break the law, who just want to have their voice heard, who want to rally people together, because you know what? We're rallying people against what they want to do. That's what it is. The federal government doesn't want Border Patrol agents along the border. They want illegals here, and we're rallying people and getting people together to oppose that, and they don't want it to happen. So word comes down, you know, to, to make it as difficult as possible on us to where we can't say they're violating our civil rights exactly, but they're doing it through a poll tax. It's basically a poll tax, which is, which is what the South had on blacks to prevent them from voting. They just price it out of the market so they, they can, you can't come back and sue them for violating your rights. But at the same time, you still have the right to vote, but only if you have enough money. And that's the same thing. Yeah. You have the right to rally and protest if you have enough money. That's it. Yeah. It's a poll tax. It's a it's a protest tax.
0: It's
2: know
1: it, it, so, uh, it blows my mind, and I still 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 go back to how many in the federal government from both sides of the aisle, and even groups out there that are supposedly opposed to the illegal alien invasion, for years and years and years, hell over a decade now, we've been hearing the same number that there's 12 million illegals in the United States of America. It was just <laughs> this past year that they said, well, now there's 11 million. I enjoy that. <laughs> 11 million. And yeah, we, we had a mass migration out of America. Didn't you know? When um, I
2: started covering illegal immigration in 2003, they were quoting that 10 to 12 million illegal thing. Yeah. And uh, I think anybody in this country that actually looks around honestly and thinks that there have been no increases in illegal immigration or babies born to illegals, because anchor babies, in my opinion, illegals. They are. They're they're dubbed by the government as citizens, but you know what? It shouldn't be that way. Birthright citizenship needs to be repealed and uh, clarified that the parents of a child have to be at least one of them an American citizen. You can't come here on a student visa, have a baby, and have it be, you know, I mean, you can't even be here legally and have a baby and have it be an American citizen. It still goes back to your country. Uh, uh, citizenship for the baby And uh, But anybody who looks around honestly Unless you're lying to yourself And thinks that this country Has had no influx I mean all you have to do is go on the web No influx of illegals In the last 8-9 years No increase at all According to them 10-12 to 12 illegals still here 10-12 to 12, uh, million illegals Every time they open their mouth I mean come on You yeah. can't lie to yourself like that they know what they're doing. They know they're lying, and they keep doing it. And Good. that's, that's well, even more—it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating that they can openly lie to you and everybody out there that's listening. They're lying to you. They're saying they're saying that, and they know it's not true. I mean, if anything should get you more more frustrated and angry, that which that should do it. Because I mean, it's the federal government. It's Janet Napolitano. It's it's these people who say they're protecting your rights under the Department of Justice. And you know, they're quoting lines. It's like, come on. Yeah, than that. Mean,
1: realistically, everybody listening, I mean anywhere from thirty five to forty two to forty five million illegals is a more realistic term as to what's actually in our country. And even go back to the healthcare argument. Imagine if you took out the illegal alien numbers in the healthcare, how many people are uninsured in the United States of America. Well, I know one way to solve the problem. And so many, so many that are out there supposedly fighting for you and standing up for you and all that other crap. You know, they want to say that illegal immigration is an issue but it's not an important issue. It's about number six or seven on the list. Like I've said before, yeah. you give you give me five minutes, give you five minutes and within half that time, you can connect illegal immigration to every single major issue, killing, draining, bleeding, and raping this country—it's mm-hmm. common sense. We cannot. Well, what's have- even more
2: frustrating, Dan, you were mentioning yeah. how how you know they're they're lying and and you know they're saying that this is what we want or whatever. Well, take the Picarci and Donchek trial, or take the Gary Brugman Border Patrol Agent Gary Brugman trial, or take the Ramos and Compion trial. Now when when these when these charges are filed and they go to trial, this isn't just somebody accusing them of a crime. It it's the actual title of the case is the United States of America versus you know Derek Dontek, the United States of America versus Brandon Bukarski, the United States of America versus Gary Brugman, the United States of America Versus Ramos and Campion, they're doing this in your name. This is Vance Moriglio coming down on Ramos and Campion.
3: Yeah. This is
2: the federal government saying Vance Moriglio wants us to prosecute them under the civil rights violations. This is, you know, that's what it is. It's in your name. If you're out there listening, it's substitute the United States of America with your name. It's your name versus these two teams. It's your name. So. If you don't think that's right, you need to speak out. You need to call your congressman. You need to demand that the Department of Justice, civil rights division in particular, needs to get smacked down because they're trying to destroy law enforcement in this country and they're doing it by charging teens in a small run down town of Senandela where people are just working hard and trying to get you know, trying to get a house and bring themselves up in a in a in a in a town that's been devastated, and they're trying to survive, and they're trying to do this, and they're coming in and they're saying that you are accusing these two boys of attacking him because he was Hispanic, and that we should throw them in jail for nine years, you know. So, I mean, it's in your name; it's all in your name, and if that shouldn't piss you off, anything, you know, I don't know what will. Yeah, well, I think that. The fact that so many And including the elitist class That you know
1: have kind of Hijacked the Tea Party movement And hijacked other movements Of the people And they make the issues that they feel Are most important And they feel they can make the most money off of As the primary issues And the primary concern and topic of this rally Or this town hall Or this forum Things like that You know before the Tea Party movement started, you know, there were so many other causes out there, so many things being brought to light, and the immigration enforcement movement. All of us, we were the ones out there holding rallies and holding these these events, and you know, generating the heat and the threats and all of the crap. We were out there doing our thing, and then it seems like it just became cool to let that fade away. And then you have the the same people that have been doing the same thing. Year after year after year after year, you know, constantly flooding it and killing it with their facts and their statistics and their emails. Ladies and gentlemen, all I can say is the next wave of grassroots momentum and another wave of grassroots movement needs to begin and needs to start damn soon in this country. And I believe that illegal immigration needs to be one of those forefront issues. We're willing to talk about everything and anything, but you had best better damn well believe that we're going to include this issue as one of the top issues because it's necessary. Don't let anybody tell you that your country is safe while both of our borders are broken, while there's an incursion underway and blood being spilled in our soil. Our country is not safe. And again, it's the fiscal responsibility thing—you know, you know that better than anybody can—with the Tea Party and you know the. Not the Tea Party errors, because I'm not attacking the activists. I'm attacking the self-appointed or anointed whatever leaders of this talking about fiscal responsibility, but failing to address an issue like immigration that is bleeding our economy dry. See these yeah. things are easily just ignored and passed over because it's, it's well.
2: Not- let's stop dancing around the issue, Dan. I mean, it really, the reality is. It's- it's groups like Freedom Works. Um, it's it's people that are standing up and all of a sudden saying they're opposed to illegal immigration when their past is is saying that it's not true. Like John McCain. I mean, I don't think anybody um, is fooled. Well, apparently Arizona was fooled. But, uh, yeah. but you know, I mean, he comes out and he's opposed to amnesty for the whole time he's running for senator again, and then boom, he gets in and there's talk of comprehensive immigration reform again, which is amnesty with Lindsey Graham. So you got that. And then on top of it, you've got these people who who in the Tea Party caucus and everything refuses to address illegal immigration. They won't do it. They won't come out and do it. Come on, Michelle Botman, where are you? you? You like to talk a lot, but you won't address an issue. And it and it goes back to CPAC. We go back to CPAC recently where it's supposed to be a conservative and they shoved. What happened is, is they shoved all those opposed to amnesty into a little room. They ended up at the kitty room, in the kitty room, at the kitty table, and they put them in the corner with Mark Accorian and the Center for Immigration Studies, who were addressing illegal immigration. And they put them in this little room, little tiny room. Uh, it was it was overflowing because people couldn't fit in there. But they didn't want that to be a central issue at CPAC. Because you have people out there who are still for amnesty that attend CPAC. And there are people like Newt Gingrich. There are people like Mitt Romney. There are people like Mike Huckabee. um, These people they're pushing for for 2012 for a presidential election on the Republican ticket. And those who are listening out there, if you give the RNC, this is who you're giving to. You're giving to people who are supporting people like this who oppose the views that you, you look you, you stand up for it, you know. They can call themselves conservative, but, you know, when it comes to illegal immigration and border security, national security, they're not as tough as they talk, I mean, because their actions show in their past that they, they aren't for it. You know, I mean, yeah Sarah Palin and, and these others who like to stand next to Jan Brewer when she's giving a talk on border security or whatever and yeah. and, you know, get a little bit of that rub-off that they're, like, for border security. But they're still for amnesty. They're for amnesty. They're for border security, but they're for amnesty. Uh, I fear Hello. for the 2012 election that these Republicans, um, which I don't include myself as a Republican anymore. I left the party probably about four years ago and, and pretty much gave on, gave up on it after John McCain got reelected. But, uh, you know, it's it's like, what are you doing? You're pushing forward and you're going to put money behind. You're going to support... You're going to get all your movement behind somebody like a Mitt Romney or, or a Newt Gingrich or something like that, and they're not going to get elected. They're going to end up with Obama for another four years because not enough of the country believes these people. Their, their, their past shows that they don't believe what they're saying. They believe more in business interests that hire illegal than they do in border security and national security. So, I'm I mean, I think we're going to end up with Obama for four more years I really think that's going to happen because because the people I see coming forward now, not a single one of them is coming out very aggressive about illegal immigration securing the border, and I mean we need a secure border with what with everything that's going on in the world we need a secure border now more than ever.
1: That's right. It scares the hell out of me, you know. And in the second hour, I want to get more into something that obviously. You know all too well, and it's it's really obviously even the title of this show, "Dark Side of Illegal Immigration," that is inspired by what you've done, Dan. With that, and that goes back mm-hmm. a little ways now. It's not something new that you actually uh, did. You put that together, or did you assist with
2: putting that together? That was put together. Uh, the initial the initial report was put together. A twenty eight page twenty eight page report was put together by Peter Wagner. He's out in California, and he's very good at digging up information. And he sent that to me, and he goes, Dan, can you help me out with this? And I went through and I, I edited it for the web, and and I put it online. And that's that's uh, that's about the extent of my involvement as far as um as far as as helping him on that. I mean, I did a, I did a little research on on the individual parts of it and had to take some links out that were dead and stuff like that in the past. And there's probably still some dead links on there now because it's been years. And there's hundreds and yeah. hundreds of links to proof of what he says. So, yeah, but that, that report basically covers everything from, you know, education to health care to, to the gangs to the, you know, the issues we're facing in this country. It, it, it They're all tied to illegal yeah. immigration. So. Yeah.
1: All right. And now – I see Connie. Hello to everybody in the chat room. And I also want to welcome Mike Jacobson. You are on live with us. So. Thank you, Mike. Um, get to Sorry took me so long to get on. That's <laughs> okay. And what, what I was saying, though, is second hour, I want to get into specifics about, and Connie, I did see this, with the MS-13, with the Latino Kings, with the different type of um, drug cartels and things about crimes committed here. Because something that the America is Under Siege series is dedicated to is not repackaging and reselling the problem. It's about finally going out in a more public forum and calling it what it is, calling illegals what they are, actually addressing and being specific about the crimes committed, about the assaults, about the racial killings, about... You know, you've gone back to Newark with the African Americans lined up and shot in the back of the head with, you know, the rapings and beatings of children with Down syndrome and things like this. There's, there's a whole list of things that I want to get into because it's important to put this story out there. Like uh, you said in the last show, and like you and I spoke about years ago, Dan, and you were right with this, and like I said last time, I don't think I was quite there yet or didn't understand it enough, but that's what needs to be done. It's time to start addressing illegals for what they are. They're enemies to this country. They're against the security and greatness of this nation just by their very being here. They're criminals already. They're not just the poor workers. They're criminals. They're criminals upon illegal entry into this nation. And it's time to call them that. It's time to have more rallies, more of an civilian uprising, if you will, of people actually talking about what's going on in this country, but this time, showing the pictures, telling the stories, having the family members of people murdered and beaten and raped or whatever, giving them the microphone to tell you just who these people are. And again, like I said, it's not the whole one bad apple spoils the bunch thing. The simple fact is, in an illegal who just comes here to work or an illegal who goes out to murder, in my eyes, is the same damn thing because they're criminals. They are criminals. They're lawbreakers. breakers. As far as I'm concerned, there is no difference. Nothing pales in comparison to the truth. And the truth is these individuals need to be exposed and addressed for what they are, for what they've done, what their beliefs are, and how they are destroying this country. It is time to take that next step. Screw the emails. Screw the frauds like Ali Pack getting rich off of your fears. It's time to address things in an in-your-face fashion to show you what these individuals are doing to this country, the harm they are causing, the blood they're spilling, these people that are murdered, they have names. They have a story. You don't hear it because it's not popular enough. You know, we don't get freaking beat and falls down and dies and shit and though the whole world knows the story. Murder is wrong, but it's wrong on both sides. It's wrong on both sides. Well, that's sides.
2: why I wanted to cover that case, you know, from the beginning of this. The reason I wanted to lay out to, to your listeners, and I know some of them maybe dropped in or dropped out uh, since we began the conversation, but the reason I wanted to bring it, bring up the Fikarsky and, and Donchak case from the very beginning is because that's a classic case that the department of justice civil rights division is going after now at the behest of people like ed rendell governor and rendell who thank god is not our governor here in pennsylvania anymore but uh, he actually requested the department of justice based on the fact that he got support from groups like maldeth and Mulek. they supported him yep. and helped to keep him in power um one of the people um Agapito Lopez was uh Dr. Agapito Lopez uh was on the um what the Hispanic outreach or Hispanic partner coalition for Governor N. Rendell at the time. And uh Lopez pushed to get these kids prosecuted and he actually when we held our rally in uh, August in, in Shenandoah in two thousand eight, um Lopez held a quote, Unity rally in Shenandoah at the same time we were having our rally. Uh, of just like the groups like LULAC and Perldef and, and MALDEF and all this. And and he uh, helped to, you know, he, he went through the governor to go to the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division to make examples of these kids. And the reason they're doing it is because they want to shut people up and they don't want people to see about the gang problems. They don't want people to see about, you know, the things that you're talking about, how people are, how when the shoe's on the other foot, and an illegal gang member kills an American citizen, it's not a big deal, you know. When a yeah. when a gang of, of five known gang members in MS-13 assault or rape, uh, you know, an American citizen, that doesn't go to the Civil Rights Justice, Department of Justice Division, you know, in civil rights, and they get prosecuted. No, they they, they walk, they walk, and if yep. they're arrested and they're and they're illegal, they get deported. They drive them to the border and drop them off and say, We'll see you tomorrow when they come yeah. back across. That's <laughs> what's that's going actually, on.
1: That's Yep. All right. Just everybody listening, again, thank you. And you see people drop in and out of the chat room, but we actually have quite a few listeners and quite a few people with us tonight. So thank you all for joining us. Seeds are here. You bring the people, you bring the masses. And I also want to welcome making his return, Mr. Andrew Woodring.
0: What's going on, <laughs> Hi, guys? Hi, <laughs> uh, Digger. How you doing?
2: Uh, I'm doing all right. How are you, Andy? Uh,
0: not too I'm bad. Like... <laughs> a little late no. to this game tonight, but, you know. But I'm here, so okay.
1: Right.
3: So,
0: you we know, have a stack, man, you know, I'll tell
3: you.
1: <laughs> we, have a, we have all hands on deck for this. And I, what I want to do is, like I said, the second hour is is going to be more yeah poignant if you will. I uh I just really, really, really want to get into the the filth and the treachery of what they call this country. So for these last few minutes, Mike and mm-hmm. Andy the forum is yours. I'll shut up, you can talk to Dan, you could give your opinion of what you've heard so far. And I will be quiet for eight minutes. Take advantage. <laughs>
4: <laughs> all right well i'll lead it off i mean i, I got a few minutes to start on andy as far as listening
3: all right well I,
4: I agree with the fact that pretty much any illegal that crosses the border is a criminal now i i will argue a little bit in saying that it's just as severe i mean i know both you guys probably feel a little bit different about this but uh as far as severity, yeah, I mean, when one commits a crime here, it is a much more severe thing, and I do personally feel it should be prosecuted rather than having a person dropped off at the border and saying, "Well, you've been bad, don't come back." But we both know our border's is a joke, so we'll probably see it
2: tomorrow anyway.
4: However, well, I mean, I have back, that word. Do not, um, I Mike, do not take, Mike, this is
2: Dan. This is Dan. It. It. Um, a motto. Digger, <laughs> not not Spurgle. Um. Sorry. I, I know some border patrol dead. agents, and what happens is when they are caught crossing the border, they're taken and they are processed at a border patrol station. Now they're held there. They put them all on a bus and they drive them back to the gate uh, at the bridge or the gate to Mexico, and they drop them off and they walk back in. And some of them hmm. yell back at the border patrol, "See you mañana," you know, "I'll see you tomorrow." They keep right. coming. The problem, the problem with it is, Mike, uh and maybe i wouldn't go as far as as uh, Smiriglia would on saying that they're all equal the problem is that the illegals who come here to work are a big cloak to those who are coming in with criminal intent um the 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 percentage of rapists um uh pedophile pedoph- pedophiles and and drug dealers, gang numbers and stuff like that, that are coming across with the illegals is higher than you think it is. It's 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 a good one in four. And the problem is, is at the border we only catch one in four people. For every person we catch, three make it in. So the chances of of a criminal making it into the country is, is very high, and there's nobody there to stop it. So it's almost – it's not that they're the same as those criminals – it's the fact that they're allowed to mingle among them and 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 get smuggled across. So if we don't stop illegals that are coming here just to work, as they say, the the chance the, the fact is is that criminals are going to be getting in as well. So I mean where, where I, do where I do we
4: draw the line? I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that, you know, the security does start at the border and I in my opinion no one should be allowed to cross illegally. Um, my one question I kind of started to say on this on the last show I was on was, how do you feel about increasing the limits to uh, legalized citizens coming to this country?
2: For well, me personally, as, from legal
4: way, as far as I understand, there is a cap as far as how many people per year can legally immigrate per country to the United States.
2: Okay, I so might be wrong on what, what that. what do you but, suggest? Uh, what do you suggest that limit should be? Should that limit be set by the number of people who want to come here, or should that limit be set by by the people who are here as citizens?
4: That I don't have an answer to.
2: Well, obviously. I, w- I, I mean,
4: I mean obviously and I, would I rather think the have citizens of documented before anything else, I, I think the start is to document people coming across, and the way to do that is to have well, a legal way for them, too. Because if you don't, well, there then there's you're way. going to have people trying
2: well, yeah, the, the problem is, there, is, is there, a, there are there is a there is a legal way for people to come here. The problem is that there's such a backlog of it. I mean, there are people in countries not 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 like uh, Mexico where they're right on our border. Uh, there's countries uh, like the Philippines. There's countries like uh, Europe. Places in Europe where people have applied to come here. Um, places in the Eastern Bloc that used to be part of the Soviet Union who have not now. Think about it, the Soviet Union has been gone for quite a while. The people that live there now that are used uh did not grow up under the Soviet Union and they apply to come here legally and they get stuck in the system for eight years. I mean it just doesn't get processed um it's not it's not the number of legals that we allow here it's the fact that there's a roadblock there's a there's a um you know there's a it's 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 just it's System is messed up. Put it that way. I think we allow enough uh, enough legals here. They should always be based uh, coming here legally on what's good for America, not what's good for them. Because there's plenty of poor people. I'd love to help every poor person out in this country or in this world, but it's simply impossible. It's impossible to help every poor person in this world. And I mean, I know it pulls at everybody's heart. Everybody wants to help poor people. you can't bring them here to help them. It just doesn't, it's impossible. I don't know if you've ever seen the Gumballs video from from Numbers U.S. In context, I mean, you, you've got, you take 1 million, you take 1 million people. Oh, my God, dog's barking. You take 1 million people from foreign countries and bring them here legally, and, you know, I mean, it's it's a drop in the bucket. And the fact of the matter is, is we can only support so many people in this country based on our infrastructure, our schools, our hospitals, our law enforcement, um, uh national security, uh, you know, like that. That we can only support so many people. You know, so we have to be able to put caps on that ourselves as citizens of this country. And we do that through our representatives in laws. Okay. That's uh, fair enough. Has to be a it has to be a cap because You can't just allow everybody that wants to come to the United States to come here because a quarter of the world would come here tomorrow, and it it would be impossible to handle them all.
0: Andy (laughs) in. Well, I'd have to agree with Digger on that. There, you know, it doesn't matter how many people want to come in, or you know, how many people are asking to come in, or however. We need to set the boundaries of who is allowed in because, like Digger just said. Everyone shows up and then what the hell do we do, you know, as far as, you know, housing, schools, jobs, everything else. You can't just allow Well, you hit the nail one.
2: on the head right there, Andy. You hit the nail on the head there when you said everybody just shows up here because that's the way we used to do it. And I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but the, the Ellis Island that they hold up as an example of the greatness of American immigration, Ellis Island was a complete mess. Uh, We had boatloads of Italians coming over and and everybody from that part of the world in Europe all coming. And the way it worked is they all got on a boat and they came here. And then they got held up at Ellis Island. And then we processed them. And the ones we didn't like, too bad. Get back on the boat. You're going back home. So the way we have it now is uh, much better than the way we had it at Ellis Island because they get to stay and they don't have to sell everything and uproot themselves And show up at Ellis Island and get turned away. They apply from there, and you know, I mean, our system's messed up for getting legals here. But um, it's just like you said, they just show up here, and we can't go back to that system. That was a ridiculous system, Andy. Mm
0: -hmm. They
2: just show up.
0: Oh, agreed. You just can't. You you can't just say, okay, everyone, come on in. You know. Yeah. Like you said, our every structure that we have—I mean, working and school and medical and government programs and everything—can't take that kind of inflation. <laughs> so yeah, there needs to be well. I mean, look at it this
2: way: if, you, if, if if legal, if uh, if if you had an open system like that, say, say you have a small community like Shenandoah, fifty-four hundred people. Okay, with their high schools and their elementary schools and their one hospital or whatever they've got there downtown. You, all of a sudden a 1000 people flood into that into that community, low-wage, low-skilled workers uh that just come here because they want to come here for a better life and they each bring two children with them. Now you're hmm. talking like 2000 children that they're supposed to accommodate in elementary schools. Yeah, and as the, you know, being a low-skilled is worker that's the way it is with class
0: size, you know. So yeah, and the
2: class would take go to 20,
0: 20 kids and make it 40, and have them speaking exactly. seven different languages. You know?
2: so. Yeah, but not only that. Imagine the workforce. Say, say you were, uh, say you were working in construction. Now all of a sudden, you went from competing against 20 people that were in the construction looking for a job, to 100 people looking for that same job. Now, what do you think businesses are going to do? They're going to lower the wages on that because they have such an influx of applications, they can take the lowest bidder, the one who's willing to take the lowest price for the job. And that's happened throughout the construction industry in this country due to illegals. And throughout, uh, a guy was arrested, uh, the lone protester they called him a couple years ago. He got so fed up that, that illegals had come in and taken all his business. He was an independent contractor doing roofing, and they had swarmed in, and it just drove him out of business. And then you've got another guy who was in Maryland who ran a drywall business legally, hiring legal workers, paying legal wages with workers' comp, paying all his taxes, all his overhead as a business, run out of business by, by unscrupulous businesses that hired illegals. So he sent an email to the governor, O'Malley of Maryland, and over, over a year period, I think it was, he kept contacting O'Malley. He said, what are you going to do with all, about this? This is unfair. I'm doing everything right. I'm trying to feed my family, uh, you know, put my kids through school, uh, the American dream. O'Malley ignored him. So he sent a little bit harsher email <laughs> where he said, you know, I'd like to strangle you over this issue. I'd like to you know, grab you by the neck and strangle you over this issue. Mm-hmm. Well, the governor all of a sudden did respond to him, and they responded by sending agents to his house to arrest him for making a threat against the governor. He was held on a million dollars bail, um, you know, just a just an entrepreneurial guy trying to run a drywall business uh, held on a million dollars bail as if he was a true threat and uh, put in jail. I mean, it's like ridiculous. It's ridiculous, mm-hmm. and that's what unchecked immigration will do. It's going to drive the hardworking people who are trying to do things right into having to do things illegally just to just to remain in business and. Do we hate our laws that much that we're willing to do that? I mean, that's what unchecked immigration is. So it always comes down to allowing legal immigrants into this country to where they're not going to adversely impact legal businesses, legal workers, and people in this country who are just trying to make a living on a country that that their family helped to build. And, you know, I mean, legal immigrants have you know, had an impact on coming to this country and helping to build it, their children that are American citizens are not having to face a hardship of trying to get a job because the unchecked illegal immigration that came in the generation that followed their family getting here. So it reaches out very much further than just thinking of, uh, you know, being the nice guy and letting as many legals come here as we want because we want to be nice and help them. It touches every single aspect, from waits in the ER to legal businesses who are trying to do things properly. It's just, it's just, it's insane. It's insane. Well, it there has to be limits, respect, and it has to be set yeah, by the you people are of America.
4: Misrepresenting my question a little bit there, and mm-hmm. there, I'll explain the reason why. Being that, Trent, I understand your point about how illegals, when they do come here, they do undercut jobs and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. However, when you do document workers, there are federal mandates to what you have to pay people. So while, granted, the mean wages of people will go down a bit, it's not going to be at the levels where illegals are underbidding our current contractors because at this point, if we could document the people that were coming here, the prices would have to at least remain somewhat consistent. You wouldn't have an employee coming here working for $4 an hour because that person federally mandates has to work for at least, I forget what the minimum is now, at least $8. Which is what okay, they so like, say which you is run what a business that people could. Oh, so you
2: run a business, ahead, Mike, and and, okay. and you're you're paying your you're paying ten workers eight dollars an hour. Now okay. you've got a business down the street and he decides he wants the business, so he hires illegals. Now, who stops him from doing that? Apparently nobody right now because nobody's cracking down on these people. Right. But when you're you, saying as a legal, legal business a where you're like, what I'm you're,
4: saying which is bringing mm-hmm. them here legally. It's not just saying come here carte blanche. You can come and do whatever. You still have to document the people coming across the border. That's the base point I'm making here. People have to be yeah. assimilated into the system. They can't just walk across the doing border because that. that's ridiculous. Well, I that's, but they're I not noticed. doing.
2: That. But I'm, they're not doing that.
4: I'm trying to come up with a, a workable solution for how because people are always crying. Oh, we have immigration unfair restrictions on who can come in. Unfair restrictions on this. And, I, you mm-hmm. know, I see some of their point, but I also see the point is, well, we can't just have people walking across and saying, I'm here, I want a job. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, as far oh, as I immigration, that,
1: yeah.
4: I mean, that that that's the point I'm trying to make, is that if we had a, le- a good, effective way of monitoring people coming across, then I think that some of the other things would fall into place. But I think we both agree on the base point that the borders do need to be enforced, and you just can't have people cross willy-nilly. Yeah. I, it, yeah, well, I think you're jumping the guy. gun a little
2: bit. I think you're I think you're jumping the gun a little bit because we we admit like uh 2 million people a year legally here. Um and a lot of them are not based off of what the country needs. It's just like, okay, you won the lottery, you're coming here. Or okay, you can come here on a student visa, which basically means that you just took a slot of uh, uh that an American kid would normally get. And the the fact of the matter is is that in As long as there are masses of illegals, and I'm talking like a million plus coming here every year, Mm -hmm. as long as there's that many people coming here illegal, you're always going to have an illegal workforce. You're always going to have people that are undercutting legitimate businesses, and you can't last very long as a legitimate business when you're going up against an unscrupulous business that's paying its workers' half. Because the fact of the matter is if if you've ever started a business, have you ever started a business, Mike? Yes, I have. When you okay, say say you're paying somebody thirty thousand a year, you know what you're really paying? You're really paying about forty five thousand a year,
0: because Actually, 50, on the payroll yeah, tax yeah, the side of it. Are,
2: yeah, well, the the fact of the matter is is that a business has to pay payroll taxes, workers' comp, insurance, and all these other things that are mandated by the government, and then they pay you, and then you pay also your payroll taxes. Everything that you're paying in payroll tax, your employer is also paying that other half and more because of the workers' comp and all that. So it's not just the price of hiring somebody at minimum wage. It's the price of hiring them at minimum wage plus payroll taxes. And and as long as you ha- are competing against businesses that don't do that, don't pay minimum wage first of all. Don't take taxes out of their pay- paychecks and don't pay the payroll taxes. As long as you're competing against it, there's no way you can win. I mean, there's no way. You'll go out of business quicker than, quicker than you know you can blink. It's, and it's happening all across the country. It's, like, devastating. And I absolutely you wonder why agree you are got their employment. Yeah. So until we well, can well, stop well, that well, from happening, well, well, well. which it's not something you can just, you know, snap your fingers and all of a sudden illegals are going to stop coming across the border. They'll still be coming across the border even if we increased immigration or reduced immigration, uh, legal immigration. They're still going to be coming Fair. across the border. They've been coming across the border for hundreds of years. They're not going to stop. I mean, as much as Fair. we do... There's a right
1: way and there's a wrong way. And my heart doesn't bleed a drop for any one illegal ages one day to ages 90 that I have any sympathy for. Or do I care about or think about and say, well, how can we make it easier for you so you wouldn't have to live the life of a criminal? Sorry who you. If I go, and this has been the scenario that's played out, and I break into your house and steal from you, and, you know, are you just supposed to say, it's okay, I'll let it go, because I'm sure you had a good reason. Or if I assault that person and say, well, I had a bad life. I had run a run of bad luck lately, so you're not going to call the cops, right? Of course not, because we have to have sympathy towards the criminal. Screw them. Enough Sympathy towards those who don't care about America. They care about our benefits. They care about a broken system. They can easy, easily manipulate. They take advantage of us. They bring you the diseases. They bring their sense of lawlessness. They bring their bring disrespect for the United States of America. They bring their own way of being. They do not assimilate. They don't want to assimilate. They want to change Catastrophically change this country into something more like that of which they just left. If it's so bad, then why do you want to bring it here? Fix your own damn country. Fix the problems in your own nation. Do something. If third worlders all around the world can do it, why can't Mexico? Why can't the Dominican Republic? El Salvador? Venezuela? Cuba? The list goes on and on and on and on. Do something. Don't bring your trash here. We are the ones footing the bill. We are the ones feeling the effects of it. It's time to say, screw you. You have a blatant disrespect for the United States, and you know what? The United States citizens, we disrespect you back. That is how I view it. I have no sympathy. And maybe, no, a murderer and somebody working at a restaurant cooking aren't the same, but you know what? They still are criminals. They have that common bond. They have that common bond, that hatred for something about this country that they didn't want to wait in line. Then you get the the little softies that say, well, maybe we should just have them pay a fine. Screw your fine. Screw that. So if I go out and I shoot and kill somebody, can I get out of going to jail if I just pay a fine? Come
2: on. Well, that's the thing, Dan. It, like You're talking like they're, all the times that they deport illegals, and they're like, oh, I have to leave my kid behind. You know what? When somebody when somebody murders somebody or breaks the law and they have to go to jail for five years, do we go, oh, what about their poor children? No, they go to jail. That's what happens. You broke the law, you go to jail. So every time I hear an illegal go, oh, they're going to ship me back and I have to leave my kid here. No, you don't. Take them with you, first of all. Number two... Let's go cry about the people who are in jail that are American citizens whose kids, whose kids are at home and don't have a parent. Let's cry about them first. And I won't really cry about them because they're criminals and they broke the law and they're going to jail like they should. So it's it, I'm not going to cry for a criminal. I'm not going to cry for an illegal who gets sent home when they came here knowingly, had a kid, had a job, probably put somebody out of work, undercut wages, drove businesses out, um, inflated the, the class sizes, and our taxes of every little community in this country. you so, because you have to go home back to your country that you left and came here and broke our laws and have you you have to take your kid with you. Too bad, too bad. You know.
1: Exactly. And and Andy, how do you feel knowing that your children, one of which is my goddaughter, how do you feel knowing that they're going to go into a system where it's now mandatory that they learn Spanish? Where it's mandatory that they have their little multicultural diversity crap being crammed down their throats. The fact that they have to sit there and be, at a young age, are going to have to assimilate to other cultures when all should be assimilating to the American way of life. How does that make you feel?
0: Oh, it's terrible. I said we've talked about it before, and I've even brought up. Uh, I said I think we talked about it the last time I was on, where I said uh, this person thought I was very strange because I had said something. Um, about segregation in our schools. And uh, they were like, oh, different water fountains? I'm like, no. And this is for, you know, legals like just across the board. If you have 30 kids in the classroom, and 10 of them speak Spanish, and 10 of them speak English, and 10 of them speak French, whatever. You know, why how is it on the teacher, that one teacher to have to be able to take care of those 30 different kids from three different languages and have everyone, you know, and that's If you're a legal citizen and you're Spanish-speaking or you're English-speaking, you know, homegrown, everyone should have the same rights, you know, to uh, education. So if you have to take, you know, the kids out of this class that are Spanish-speaking and put them all into one class and give them the first class of learning English, (laughs) because you're you're here, Um, I think that is a thing. uh, Like I said, some people don't seem to get it, but you need to have that in our schools because you can't have all these kids falling behind i mean our our test scores are low we're what like 15th in the world in education and you can't just interject all those different types into one classroom and expect that one teacher to have to handle everything so yeah well i
2: agree and i mean i think that uh, uh, to give a story
4: from when i was younger i mean i actually went through a, a similar program whereas uh Well, when I first came to Pennsylvania from New York, I was a kid, but I had a very, very pronounced New York accent to the point where people could not understand a word I was saying. I actually had to be pulled out of class. I had to go to a separate speech class. And for people to think that it's a problem nowadays to have to do that is kind of ridiculous. I mean, it it happened directly to me, and I didn't think anything of it. They're like, you need to learn how to speak English better because the way you're speaking, no one understands a damn word you're saying.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the difference is, is that you're an American citizen, though, and the taxpayers are paying for American citizen children's education. And if you have to go to a special learning, uh, for le- whether it's language or special education, or you have to go to an extra reading class, I don't think anybody in America has a problem with that. It's when you come here as a, well, not even necessarily a legal alien with children. Uh, if, if you even come here as a legal alien with children, I don't think that the the, the bill should be footed by the American ta- taxpayers to pay for you to learn English. I believe that groups that say they care so much about about legals and illegals, I think groups like La Raza should maybe step up and have English language classes on their dime, the ones that are getting millions of dollars from the federal government. The, the, the groups like MALDAP, the Mexican-American Legal Defense and Education Fund, Maybe should pay a little bit into the education of the people that are coming here legally that, that have to go to schools. Why should the American taxpayers have to not only bend over and at our current legal immigration laws with the visa lottery and all that, somebody rolls the dice and comes here, why should – it's supposed to be – immigration all comes down to what's good for our country. If somebody's coming here – and they're taxing our education system because they all move into the same locality, with having to have a bunch of special education just for speaking, then it's not a benefit to the United States. If you've ever looked at the cost of educating one child per year, at least according to what the education system currently charges, which is way over the top, I think it's like $15,000 a year or something per student in some areas, Mm-hmm. You're paying. You're bringing a legal immigrant here, with maybe a couple kids, putting them in school, and all of a sudden, we just went up fifteen to thirty thousand dollars in additional school expense for that locality because those taxes come out of the property taxes of people for for school. So why does Shenandoah, Pennsylvania, who gets a, a legal immigrant there with two kids, all of a sudden have to pay fifteen grand a year more in you know uh, of their education? For their citizen kids who grew up there, have to be burdened with that cost is not in the best interest of the country to import people who are not going to put it this way. Early immigration Italians, stuff like that, they came over here, spoke Italian, they taught their kids English, they had their kids talk English, and it wasn't in the school system, and it wasn't at the it wasn't at the burden of the of the community that they moved into that they teach them English, so why well, maybe the community picked it up, but not the school system, so why all of a sudden are we expected to to be burdened with this cost? it's just it's it's a, and there's no way they're gonna put in fifteen to thirty thousand dollars just getting here as a new immigrant in taxes to pay for that. It's impossible, it's impossible so that's i mean it it's just like it's. The stuff that's going on is just wrong. It's wrong, and anybody who reads just for a couple minutes on things will realize it's so wrong, and it just can't work like that.
1: The the system, the system is very, very, very broken. And you know what? Maybe everybody can strategize and think of things to fix the system, and come up with ideas and suggestions, and that's all fine and great, but in order to even get to that part, we have to first do our part as a country to protect our citizens, to protect our way of life, to protect the resources and benefits of this nation by dealing with the problem at hand, and again, there are ways to do this, and my belief and I'll just state it again, just because I'm repetitive as hell, is simply this. And this, some tell me I'm a radical, whatever. Businesses and landlords knowingly hire and knowingly rent to an illegal alien, shut them down, the landlords seize the property, charge them, charge them with a criminal act of hiring or renting, harboring, aiding, and abetting, federal fugitives from the law, charge them, set a precedent, and deport the illegals in question. That will show just in one spot that will have a ripple effect, and that will show others that somewhere, somewhere in this country, Americans are actually enforcing federal law and are embracing the rule of law and actually punishing those who do these things. Well people. I think we
2: I think Dan, we, we had that happen in Hazleton. I mean with Barletta, but uh, it's uh, and no matter what you think of Barletta, the fact of the matter is is he started that thing and you look at how much hell he caught. Every single group in this country that is for Hispanics only and I say that Hispanics only because they don't really give a crap about the rest of this country, it's all about them and what they can get for people of just their race came into Hazleton and attacked him. Barletta was, like, all over the place. It's like this big racist. And, I mean, as you said, if landlords were, you know, shut down, they were were renting to illegals, yeah, this problem would go down quickly, but it's just, you know, it's like anybody who stands up, American people that are frustrated and pissed off about it, they don't stand behind them. They don't stand behind. It. Everybody was like, "Oh, good job, Barletta," or whatever. But how many out there gave money to support to support a legal the legal defense of the city? Not many, I'm guaranteeing but you. There's a lot of people that like to see people stand up, but they don't want to get behind them.
0: Mm-hmm. And nothing will ever get fixed that way. <laughs> exactly, You're going to support you know? somebody. You have to stay behind them, and it's the only way that anything works. You know, Arizona wants to, to pass law. And then it gets you know sued by the government, <laughs> and everybody goes, oh, good job. And then you know after that week when it's not the hot issue anymore, no one gives a shit anymore.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's it just I don't know. For for everybody listening right now, I, I just want to address all of you out there I know there's a lot out there, and our chat room's going up and down and up and down, and a lot of people actually listening to the show again. Again, again, I can't say thank you enough. And this is Voice of People USA Radio, with your host, me, Dan Spriglio, Andrew Woodring, Michael Jacobson, and again, our special guest tonight is Dan Amato of Bigger's Realm. My goal for this, for this show, was to really get into the the meat of the crimes committed by illegals in this country, and with 37 minutes remaining because there's so much to talk about, I know we're not gonna get into it as much as I would like to. And to everybody out there and everybody that's online on this show right now, I wanna ask, especially Digger, because I know this is this is a rare occurrence because you don't do <laughs> you don't do a lot of shows. And what I yeah. wanna know is would you be willing to come back on in the very near future, like maybe next week, and continue this
2: too? Yeah, I'd be interested in it. I'll have to see what my scheduling's like and everything like that. But I mean, the reason I don't go out and I don't promote myself is because you know what? I like to do research behind the scenes and provide people with information. Uh, I don't like the, fo- the spotlight to be focused on me. I want the spotlight to be focused on the issue. And correct. So I'm not, I'm not one to like seek out the spotlight as much or be the the messenger of the news beyond the research and and maybe some articles on it. So that's basically where I stand. And I know there's people that want me to get out there and and talk more. I've had uh, many people that, you know, they want me to be on the show, and Frontline came to me and they wanted me to do a whole episode on Illegal. It's just like I turned them down. I turned down uh, many chances to be on, you know, CNN and all these other, things and I just got contacted by somebody doing a documentary. It's like everybody wants me to get in the front, but you know what? I don't want to be in the front. I really don't. I'm I'm much happier digging out the news, you know, and and digging out the statistics and digging out the information and providing it to others because it takes so long to do that if I'm split between that and showing up on all these shows as well. I just can't get as much done, you know. Oh, no. and back to that saying and obviously, you know, your wealth of knowledge is just
1: Beyond even comprehension to many people listening, because like I said, I said it in the show description, and I'll stand by it every single day. That truly, you are, in my opinion, the opinion of many, many others, the Godfather of who started this. You're the one responsible for giving us an alternative to what was being posted and what was being told in the media, and that's something that obviously, you know, I never, I would never exploit. None of us would ever exploit. Your name, but just having you be on here and be a part of this is special, and I think that's why too, especially with getting into the the criminal acts and things like that and the and the adverse effects on this country that uh, having you a part of this discussion and that discussion is important because you're factually correct, and I know, and we've spoken about it myself and Mike and Andy we all know that you <laughs> you do not. Report things unless you do a scrupulous check after check after check for credibility, and that's something that obviously you know I commend and admire, and many many others do as well. So that's why, you know, that's why you being a part of this is really special. And you know, I'm not going to take up too too much of your time, and I don't mean to throw you out there when everybody listening asks you to come back on, but I'm hoping the public support will help. But um, seriously, there's just so much to discuss. And that's why this show, too, is important because having your side of things and where you come from adds a different element to all of our conversation. And it's more serious than most of the crap out there. I've heard so many shows against illegal immigration where, again, it's the same, what can we say to be controversial this time? Seriously, that is a really tired and old format. And that is a very, very big reason why we left the other network that this show was originally on is because we don't believe in being told spots or what we should talk about or we should address this or address this to get a reaction. The truth is far more shocking and far more damning than anything that we can concoct in our mind to think to say to generate a response from everybody out there listening, you know? And that's where I stand and Andy stands and Mike stands. That's where we come from. It's just we're putting things out there in a different way, you know. And it's important to do that. It's important to say these things. I promise you, I've been saying it on the show, and we're really getting to the root of it. And a lot of people that know the America Rising Rally Series as forthcoming, this is something that was really born in Arizona and born at a 5 o'clock in the morning Back and forth chat discussion with uh, Myself and (laughs) Dan Phoenix Rising It worked perfectly And uh, thank you Dan And uh, (laughs) you know That really sets the tone For what needs to happen What needs to be done In regards to all these other people out there That are activists, that are protesting, that are pissed off That whatever group they're a part of Isn't addressing the things that they feel Are important enough to go out there And stand up against, to fight, to give them. A voice to We are the alternative to them Because we're not focused on taking your money We're focused on getting all the issues out there In a different way Where the people control our movement of the people Rather than big names And elitist corporations and foundations And organizations getting involved Getting rich and they steer the wheel We do not believe in that And we don't subscribe to that And that's what the America Rising Rally Series Is going to be all about A different way of doing things a more blunt, in-your-face way of doing things. It's also going to celebrate the greatness of America while talking about what's wrong because you can have that duality. It's what needs to be done, but it's about giving everybody a chance to be heard, giving everybody a chance to actually speak up and feel that their passion and their willingness to take a stand is actually mattering to somebody somewhere. We don't have the safe rallies inside of stadiums or inside closed-door venues. We believe in going in the middle of the street and shutting down that street, shutting down or interrupting the normal flow of the day, because that is how you make an impact. All these things, like illegals and everything else, they impact our lives daily, every second. So why not disrupt the flow of things when we protest these things, when we shine light on these things that are facing all of us? I don't find anything wrong with that. And going forward, that is what we're going to do. We've held a lot of rallies, a lot of them. We've done it before. And people will say, well, after one rally, aren't they all the same? I assure you, and I promise you, no. No, they're not. And Phoenix was the best example of a different atmosphere, a different way of doing things. It wasn't your your slits and glamour, big lights, big signs, all this fancy crap. It was really truly raw grass determination and perseverance and activism shining through on that day in a really crappy way of standing out in the 112 degree heat and going through absolute hell on earth, thousands of people came out and stood up for something because they believed in it and we need more of that like I said, these days of rage that are happening, well you know what Americans are raging so why not do it in a way that we know best. Peaceful assembly, protest, rally, activism. It doesn't get old. Everybody, even our newly elected House of Representatives, Republicans have taken over, and they spend more time about talking their re-election campaign or defeating Barack Obama in 2012 than dealing with today, 2011. What are you doing to fix the problems today on February 28, 2011? I know what your plans are for your re-election campaign, but what about now? What about now? We get these people in there that lie and utilize the fact that people are angry in this country and they use it as a tool to get elected. Well, we are smarter than that. And
2: well, company- it's like the, the Republicans in Congress right now, that there's a bill going through the House that's uh, – mm-hmm to clarify the fourteenth amendment for birthright citizenship, which we were talking about earlier. And it basically states that one of the parents has to be an American citizen in order for your for your child to be a, a citizen if they're born in America. And uh you know how many how many people we got? Four and thirty five in Congress, in the House. And we have a total of, I think, sixty seven that have co sponsored that bill. Sixty seven yeah. out of four hundred and thirty five house members have signed on to this bill. That's it. That's it. That's it. A little more than what, 10 percent? What is it, 12 percent? 12 percent of the House. The, the Republicans yeah. that were going around talking about how they were going to be tough on illegal immigration and, and, and end problems in this country with illegal immigration. Yeah, a whole 12 percent of them have signed on to that bill so far. Yeah. That, bill, that bill was put forth by, uh, by uh, Steve King out of Iowa, by the way, and it's it's still active. It's still sitting there. It'll probably sit there. It'll probably go away, you know, just like everything else that the Republicans say they're going to stand for and then don't. So so those of you out there that but wonder why, nice why I get it from the Republican Party and went purely independent, conservative, that's why, because the, the games they're playing are the same games they've been playing for decades, and they're not going to change, and it's not going to change in 2012, and, you know, they talk, every, they talk, 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 and they never do anything you know. So I don't have a lot of faith in that. But just like you're talking about, you have Republicans in the house and all you hear about is the election coming up. You don't hear about them addressing the issues because they're not. Yep.
0: Yeah.
2: And again,
0: you know, they gotta make sure they keep their pockets blind, you know.
2: Yeah, so, exactly. It all
0: sounds nice, but we don't need to worry about that. So we're gonna worry about jobs mm-hmm. and taking care of legal immigration. But so far we've made no jobs and we have a dead, you know, bill sitting there. That'll, like you said, yeah. eventually go away. So
2: Yeah, the border, they, they mention border security when they need money. When they want those yeah. of you out there that are worried about illegal immigration, terrorism, national security, and that, when they need money, they'll bring that up.
0: Yeah. But then so when they actually have a, a chance
2: to yeah. act on it, they won't.
0: Hmm? Yeah, well, no, it's so over two or three days, it's all the rage, and that's, you know, the mm-hmm. big thing on all the media. And then something else shiny happens, and they go, oh, look at that, and then it just dies. Well,
1: brighter lights. You know, and in him, in what my Mike and myself decided is, is becoming a a segment, and I'm going to reduce it to about 15 to 20 seconds here, and simply say this: Freedom Works and Tea Party Express and Tea Party Patriots, the elitists that run them, they suck. Just your weekly reminder that when they spend more time sending out emails talking about how much of your money they need and fail to talk about what they're actually doing to combat or address or fix anything in this country, well, then they just flat-out suck, and they are money-grubbing whores. Thank you. That's been this week's installment of Dan Still Hates Freedom Works, and they're ill.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's the large national groups. It's the large national groups that have managed to – to kind of like bandwagon on the back of the grassroots movements of the local groups. There's local Tea Party groups that's particular in in Arizona. There's groups that are good and there's groups that are bad. And uh, there's some Tea Party groups that really are outspoken on illegal immigration and stuff like that, and they're not afraid of it. It's the ones that associate with the large national groups where they're getting the word from the top down that they need to avoid illegal immigration and talking about illegal immigration because it hurts their donor base. You know, because the Republican Party is split between between those that are for cheap labor and those that are for law enforcement and for actually upholding the rule of law in this country, and that includes illegal immigration. And they don't like people talking about that because it splits their donor base. So it's the large national groups, Freedom Works, blah blah blah, those groups that you just mentioned that are that are national, that are the real problem. The ones in the, the, the smaller groups are smaller groups around that, that talk about illegal immigration all the time. So. I don't want to lump them in with all the giant tea parties that are just in it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, and, you know, you you got
1: to ask the question of, of the, the heads, the talking heads, and those who, you know, co-opt the movement just to for their own personal and political gain. You know, where were you in 2006 and 2007 and 2008? Did you just realize that things got bad at the end of 2008, 2009? Is that when you had your grand epiphany and said, wow, things suck? Mm. You know, how many times, and this is going way back, and, I mean, Dan, you were there, and Andy, how many times did we have events where we'd have, you know, we'd have over a 1,000, then we'd have a couple hundred, then we'd have 50, then we'd have 20, Mm -hmm. and then we'd have 500, and then we'd have 50. Or, like, Mike, where you were there when we had about 24 people in the rain or whatever the hell it was, Uh, you know, it's just, it, it fluctuates, but it fluctuates because we don't get that driving support and all the money and all the advertising and all the, you know, the glitz and glamour that some of these other groups get. And again, I said this last show, I said this to my rant show, you know, I'll say it again, that any of these speakers, like I saw in the chat room about, you know, Gingrich and every, all, all those names, and you hear about them coming and speaking at summits and speaking at forums and hear this speaker, you know, hear Newt Gingrich, here, Michelle Bachman, uh, whatever. All, you know who they are. The same old names. And really, if you want to get to the core, what's wrong with these individuals? Of where things go drastically off field is when they get paid money to speak to you. If there actually getting paid to stand up and speak on behalf and in front of the American people, that and they go out there and they say that they believe in you and they believe in this movement. The only reason why they're saying that is because they, like the leaders, are also money growing corps and they are paid to say it. They're paid to care. They're paid to care when it's politically opportune for them, and that is such a and a betrayal, and even going back to, like, you know, the, the jackasses with their bus, uh, TPE, whatever,
0: you know, and they go over
1: driving through the desert, whatever, People Express, yay, and give us your money, give us your money, so we can protest the government taking your money. I said that every show, and I'm never going to stop saying it, because until you can tell me why... When our freedoms are free, how many events have we put on, Andy, Mike, Dan? How many events have we all put on together where we're not taking donations, we're not making anything? Hell, even the people that kindly donated to our Phoenix event didn't even cover a quarter of the bill? And that, no. that was just people who believed in it, you know, and they felt like they wanted to give something, and we weren't asking them for give a minimum, a $500 donation. He said, if you want to contribute, you can, here's how. And people did, and we're grateful for it. But we haven't taken donations for over freaking hundreds of these rallies that we've held. We haven't taken anything, nothing. So if you are willing to go through the hell to stand up for your beliefs, our freedoms are free, and there is a way. Break from that herd because they view you as a mark, as a statistic, as a number, as how much will this donor base give me, and what can I do to cater them more? that's how they look at you we have respect yeah well it's just conditions. a
2: form it's like a form of advertising you know really it is i mean if you see advertising on tv they want you to buy coke all right well they figure you know if they show this commercial to a million people 10% will go the next time they're in the store they'll see coke and it'll you know the branding will stick on their mind and they'll buy coke over pepsi or something like that they figure this out it's and it's based on human nature and it never changes. So I mean, these groups are all using the same tactics that marketers and, you know, they actually hire people, and hire people from these companies that have worked in the, in the, um, advertising business and marketing oh, yeah. business to to do this to, to 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 get you know they got they when they did the Freedom Works thing on on 9/11 rally at the Capitol, and they had everybody pull out their phone and text freedom to this number and now they've got all your numbers and they've got your email addresses and they've got this and that. And they know that out of the million people they got or whatever, that if they send one email out to a million people, 10% of them will send back $100 or something. They've got it all figured out. So, I mean, it's it's really kind of sick. And they just want to keep it, they want to keep it status quo. All the stuff that they say, they want to keep it non-controversial. They want to keep it on fiscal issues. Um, they don't want anything to create waves that'll cause people to leave the email list that they can that they can go to later for more money. And I mean, it should be quite obvious to people that are in the immigration fight, the immigration enforcement fight, that when you got somebody like Dick Army running Freedom Works, whose past history is that of supporting amnesty for illegals and for for coming out against Tom Tancredo and saying he was a threat to the country. For addressing illegal immigration, that you're not going to have illegal immigration talked about or backed by Freedom Works with immigration enforcement, and the fact that so many groups have associated with them is kind of sickening. It's it's sickening in a way that, you know, it's kind of like selling your soul in order to get Freedom Works backing, in order to get yeah, their support on certain things. And then they tell you what you can talk about because they don't want to be associated with anybody who says illegal immigration is bad. And it goes back down to the like you said, like the national G Party groups. It's the same thing. They're all running it the same way. You know. They're all running it vanilla. Keep it vanilla. Don't don't take yeah, the boat. Don't rock the boat.
4: You guys make a very good point with it all, and uh, the only part of will say just to sum it up is when money is your most important priority instead of people, then obviously that's not the group that you should be supporting. I mean, it should always mm-hmm. the focus should be on the people and not on the almighty dollar. And the fact that most of these groups are way off that track, and most of our politicians are, speaks volumes yeah. about uh, where we are as far as being represented currently in our country. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I mean, you just look, I mean, the businesses that hire illegals, it's the same thing. When they're looking out to, for the buck first over over the people, you know, and I mean, you got the unions in Wisconsin right now. Unions used to be good because they made sure people had a safe environment and a decent pay, but that was like about 80 years ago <laughs> and 80 years on, and they just kept demanding more and more and more. And they care more about money than they do about the school children that they abandoned to go protest. And, you know, I mean, and all the people, they screwed because their kids couldn't go to school, so they couldn't go to work because they had to stay home with their kids. It's like when they care more about money, like Mike just said, care more about money than people, then there's an issue. And that's what it comes down to all along the border. It's the, the drug smugglers who are bringing drugs over, care more about money, then they do about the people that they're harming by bringing the drugs over. You know, it's all about what they can get for their family, not about the families they're destroying in this country. So, it, just like Mike said, when it's all about money over people, corruption, you know, bad morals, uh, law-breaking, criminality in general across the whole country becomes an accepted way. And it's really, it, once you start ignoring a law here and a law there, that's the downfall of our country, because our country is based on laws, no matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, red, yellow, purple, orange. It doesn't matter if you're 60, 50, 40, 30, 18. It doesn't matter. If you're ignoring laws or subject, uh, yeah, subjectively enforcing them, then there's corruption, there's criminality, there's a lack of faith in the people that this country is going to continue to exist on a fair level. And when that breaks down, the people don't trust each other. Everybody becomes what what's in it for me, and how can I do it in the least, um, the least way that I'll be convicted of it? That's why you see so many of the white-collar crime guys getting away with it, because they know that they can get away with it. It's not being enforced. So when when that happens, the whole society, the whole of society, breaks down. And if you care about people in any way, you should care about the rule of law, number one. Because if you don't care about the rule of law, there's a lot of people that are going to suffer, and people that are going to take advantage of the fact that the laws aren't being enforced. And it's all going to be, it's it's all going to be for money. It's going to have nothing to do with the country or the people that live here. Or the people that are coming here legally. So well, you hit the nail on the head with that, Mike, with the money being the root of it. They say it's the root of all, the love of money is the root of all evil. But the reality is, is lack of laws is another root of evil that just keeps spiraling in on itself and snowballing.
1: And yeah, I want to I throw something out completely off off subject here, but... Andy and Mike, in the first part of the show, before before I even let Digger speak, of course I had to do my typical ranting. Sorry, Dan. Uh, <laughs> I spoke about the upcoming protests we're going to be doing of the One Million Muslim March in D.C. on July 4th. And there's also another another series of events coming up with the America Laging Rally series and. Um, Well, next week, I'm going to put out the whole list of actual date, time, locations, things of that nature, instead of just teasing it. But we have an anniversary upcoming. And (laughs) this is something that I I didn't really think of until just a few minutes ago. I looked at the calendar. And, Andy, you could appreciate this. Um, It's past June 5th. We were obviously in Phoenix, Arizona, holding Phoenix Rising, and we will be returning to Arizona, Phoenix Rising 2, as well as to stop in Tucson and go along the border, necessary. But I wanted to say that my suggestion, or my idea, and this is just something I'm airing publicly because that's what I do, I call it randomly, is ending. Yes. This June 6th is on a Sunday. And all we to do is June 4th, I don't know, but we're going to be celebrating four years of Voice of the People USA, four yeah. years since our group started. And what do you think? You want to do another one around here? Another Jason Rally?
0: Or something? I don't know, that's always oh. good for nostalgia, but right, right, <laughs> for right, right, right. four years and what's changed, you know? <laughs> Minus their town's gone downhill a little bit more, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Who's who's the
2: mayor now? Who's the mayor in Hazelden now?
0: Joe Yanuzi. Yes. Who? Yeah, he was a councilman uh, under Barletta. Now he's uh, the mayor. What's his name? Joe Yanuzi.
2: Joe Yanuzi. Where does he stand? Where does he stand on immigration? Well, nobody knows.
0: I mean yeah, he, hasn't really well, gone, that's wonderful. he hasn't really gone out and said much of anything.
1: Well, Andy, <laughs> I mean just, you and I both both know him and we always had kind of respect for the man, but we have front page stories in our newspapers of illegals shooting each other, murdering each other in the streets of Hazel every single day, and all we see next to that story is the mayor is going to increase enforcement of 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 increase more cops? No. Blight. Blight. Blight enforcement. For those who have listened before, remember, that's a keyword, term word, for Agenda 21. We'll get into it at a later date. But increase blight enforcement officers, but not increase police officers. Thank you. Hmm. As
0: well, you Hazleton, know, it's not saying much because, watch- you know, re election's right around the corner, so he'll save it all for there, too.
3: <laughs> yeah, well,
1: yeah. either way, Hazleton, unfortunately, for being the city that had national attention, has gotten about a hundred times worse since Barletta introduced
0: the IIRA. Oh, it, it's and a mess. I mean, violence is up. You know, um, you drive down, you know, Broad Street, the Main Strip, half of the places are empty. Nothing's coming into the town. Everything's leaving. Businesses are going under. Unemployment is is skyrocketing. So it's mm-hmm. it's all a wreck. It is about ten times worse. Yeah, so and the Well I mean old-
2: that's nationwide too. That's not just Hazelden. that's nationwide. But yeah, they've got they've got the illegal problem. <laughs> that's for sure. And that, that hasn't helped them one bit.
1: And uh, I gotta I gotta say let I me I just check out the chat room real quick. And I assure you, I assure you that coming up very soon and bigger obviously somebody that you know well is Mr. D. A. King. He's gonna be on this show as our special guest and D.A. King is truly one of those individuals, kind of like a Dan that has been a single-person force to be reckoned with, that has done nothing for notoriety or attention, but fought for the people in his state of Georgia. And I can tell you this, though the plans are early with this and there's going to be a lot of discussion about how to do it, but we will definitely, definitely, definitely be holding a rally in Georgia sometime this summer. That much I will promise you. So, Georgia, and, Dan, you and I spoke about that even last year. So, yeah. Georgia, we we will not leave you behind. Don't worry.
2: So, definitely go no, on Georgia. No, and definitely, I mean, D.A., I couldn't recommend D.A. King highly enough. This this guy has just went to bat, and he's got the, you yeah. know, he's, man, he had an article from about five years ago, I think, or six years ago. You know, he just, he, he quit his job and went into activism full time, and he got 280Z, 287G passed, and as one of the first places in the country with 287G enforcement, And I mean this guy is just he's just a bulldog, and he's just awesome. I couldn't I couldn't speak more highly of DA King. He's, you know, I mean you got so many groups right now trying to raise funds off everything. DA's been doing this, on, you know, bootstrapping along. Oh, so many years and he's gotten so much done yep and there,
1: there's there's to show you what one man can actually do so looking forward to actually finally you know be the first time i ever spoke with him actually so we, we've chatted back and forth but having him on this show will be our first ever real discussion and then actually being fortunate enough to you know, to bring what we have to offer to Georgia is going to be awesome too because there's there's somebody that deserves the recognition because, damn it, he's earned it because he has put the safety and security of the people of his state and this country above his own. You know, what he's gone through, the hardships he's had to endure, tell in comparison to anything that we've seen. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's time to start recognizing and giving a microphone to these individuals, because they're the ones that truly lead national security.
2: The well, I mean, it's not just so that, but I mean, the um, the amazing amount of education that DA can provide everybody out there. I mean, if if you have a show with DA King, everybody out there, you need to get ten people to listen to that thing. If they care anything about states' rights and uh, state level immigration enforcement. And getting legislation passed at the state level. You gotta get everybody to listen to that VA King show. He'll tell you how to get two eighty seven G and he'll tell you how to get uh how to get your state legislature to recognize um immigration enforcement laws. And I mean, I know I know Arizona gets a lot of credit for the state level things they've been doing, but Georgia's been doing it for years. You know, little by little. Maybe not nationally recognized, but little by little they've been passing things in their counties and in their and then there's state legislators. So if DA is going to be on, everybody out there, make sure you get people to listen to that because you can really learn a thing from him on how you can actually take action against this instead of just bitching about it.
1: Yep, and that's something that's definitely needed, especially even like the state of Nebraska, what they're going through. I mean, there's so many different states in this country that the people need to be educated and need to know what they can do and what resources that are actually out there for them, and that's what this is about. Educating and mouth activating. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but there you go. And that's what it's about, you know. Learn what you can do, and then make it a public demonstration. You know, start doing what needs to be done. Start spinning those wheels and getting out there and taking to the streets and saying that we will not be silenced, and our issue is the main issue that actually affects the security of our nation, and it's important. So, also wanna say again a big thank you to everybody that tuned in tonight and you know when when it is convenient we are gonna hopefully have Dan join us again and I really we still are gonna get more in, I mean obviously if you listen to the first hour you heard a lot of a lot of different things about what's gone on but there's so much more and we will get into this. And also this episode something going to start doing now is rebroadcasting our live episodes. Now that I found out how to do it on Blog Talk Radio We're actually going to rebroadcast our episodes twice a week, and it's going to be one other earlier time and one other later time for a lot of our West Coast friends, because we have a lot of people in the West and the Southwest that listen to this show. And we start at 8 at 25 o'clock there, so it's not always easiest for them to do. So we will be rebroadcasting (laughs) these episodes, starting with this one with Van Amato. So that'll be something also for you to check out. And also remember that coming up, middle of March, I think the shows will actually... You know, run on the air the third week of March, but w i f i radio and l a talk radio. this show will be actually on your radio dials, not just satellite radio and not just internet radio anymore. We will actually be on the dial, so all I could say is we have to go legit soon, and that's gonna be rough, <laughs> but it'll be fun it'll be a lot of fun to get out there to more of you, and all of you are the reason why we keep doing what we do and you keep tuning in, so i got to say thank you and even bring up again the fact that that, <laughs> that show that I did there the other night at like 2.30 in the morning, I was amazed by how many people were actually listening live and engaging in the chat room. A couple of idiots, you know, America's Bad, Go to Hell Racist, that would some. but you get them every now and again. But for all the rest of you out there, thank you for that. Thank you. And believe me, the start of something new for us and start of something that we hope to usher in a new type of movement, a new type of way of doing things, and it starts with reaching out to as many of you out there as we possibly can. So I can't stress to you how important it is that all of you keep tuning in and keep sharing <laughs> links on the liberal controlled run and censored Facebook and things of that nature because, you know, it means the world to us. And again, please, on Facebook, though I hate them, Check out Voice of the People USA radio fan page and the America Rising profile page. And, of course, I have to tell everybody this, not that you don't know it already, diggersrealm.com, that's Dan Miles website, and that is the hub for anything and everything that you want to know about what's actually going on in this country. Check out that website. Get involved and, say, you know, check daily because I know how Digger, how you do things.
2: So <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 I'd just like to say one more thing before you, you sign off. For everybody that's out there that listened about the Pekarski and Donchak thing, basically what happened with the with the Border Patrol agents, Ramos and Compion, all that was pre-tested by a Border Patrol agent named Gary Brugman. They brought the civil rights violations against him and got it to work. They perfected it with the Ramos and Compion. So you see the Pekarski and Donchak case is a testbed, I believe that in the future here we're going to be seeing more people prosecuted under that and put away for for a decade because that's the way they worked it with the Border Patrol agents. They stepped it up and stepped it up. I think that's the same thing that's going to happen with people across this country. So I I really, you know, (laughs) I can't say this enough that they need to be stood up for. I know you might not agree with the fact they were underage drinking and they were fighting or whatever, but, I mean, they were found – not guilty to have anything to do with his death, and it's just been in prosecution by the Department of Justice, so he need to pay attention to that. Don't be afraid to stand up for them, even though you don't agree with some of their actions. They definitely weren't guilty of what they were convicted of by the DOJ. So just like something like to watch you. out for. I can see it coming down and being used in a greater scale in the future.
1: Oh, God, yeah, it's something more than a framework. And also I do yeah. have to throw out there, I did, I did forget, and I'm sorry to the hundreds of people that are part of that awesome group. We the People Against the Illegal Alien Invasion on Facebook. Type it into the search box. We the People Against the Illegal Alien Invasion. Join that group and be a part of the ongoing 24-hour continual discussion. Love those people and they are awesome. They keep it going. Everybody, I'm sorry. It's just been, it's so much to talk about. We have, we're down to one minute left. So, Andy, Mike, Dan, talk
4: we staying on Make afterwards. A, for a little conversation okay. afterwards? Or... Yeah, we'll
0: hang that'll... on for a few minutes and talk after. <laughs>
2: well, I'm going to drop off. I thank you guys for talking to me tonight. And, uh, you know, take care and keep up the good fight.
1: Be good, uh, take care, Dan. Oh, thank you.
2: Thank you again. And All right, bye-bye. We can talk. Sure. All right, bye-bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Dan. And
1: Mike
2: and
0: Andy, are you Mike and Andy? Yes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It's always a pleasure, Dan. Mike, sorry I was late this evening, but <laughs> that's okay. Are you going
1: to hang around for two minutes for an after-show discussion? It'll be available on the on-demand episode.
0: Of course. And once again, everybody, keep checking it out. Wednesday, check out the Jackal Brothers, featuring me, Dennis Butler, also. On Blog Talk Radio, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And uh, I can't wait to talk on the next show.
1: Thank you, thank you. And everybody listening, seriously, though, thank you so much. I know we didn't get to cover everything we wanted to because there's just so much to say. But have no fear. Yeah, have no fear. We will. So when this show stops airing live, we are going to keep the conversation going for a few minutes. So checking out the on demand episodes. And we will announce the next episode later this night. Thank you, everybody. God bless. And check out the on-demand episode. This is Voice of Evil USA Radio. Thank you. Good night, guys. All right. Well, Mike, Andy, we are here now, <laughs> live. do
4: <laughs> we take it right to the last second or what? <laughs> Yo, yeah, we that, did. That was hardcore.
1: Marathon,
0: marathon Just keep it going
4: (laughs) Yep Was it me or was there getting like a really bad echo Towards the end of the show Sorry Because I don't know if it was just multiple phones or what Because it was like I was hearing people Then I was hearing them three other times
0: Yeah somebody was listening to the show I think too so in the background It was getting picked up there a little bit I caught that too I know it wasn't me I'm not yeah, what mean, i wasn't me, I my computer
2: somebody off. Else. Somebody is listening yeah, in. Damn yeah.
0: Not
1: me, dude. I don't ever want to hear myself. Anyway. Well, God
0: knows I feel the same way. Now, <laughs> yeah, thank you. He, he's referring to me, everybody.
1: So, oh, God, yeah. It, it, <laughs> Everyone else I
0: love talking to. Dan, yeah, I can do with that sometimes.
1: Thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks,
0: thanks. We've known each other too long. What do you want? What do you want? Yeah. Well, I got to ask, I mean, I
4: I missed the first 45 minutes. What did you guys go on about? I mean, I assume Shenandoah came up.
0: It would have had to. Uh,
1: Well, Shenandoah came up, and Dan spoke about the history of the case, the trial, the sentencing, and everything that's gone on, and he really got into it in depth. And obviously, if you check out Digger's Realm, I mean... (laughs) Is
0: there the man has every coming. detail you will ever need to know about the case. Oh yeah, I believe me. I've checked out diggers quite often. I mean, I just I, I said I was serious at the beginning of the show. What went on? Yeah, I was. You know, don't feel bad. I, I came in after you.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: You're wow. only about five minutes. So. Yeah. I know. I I got my days a little messed up, and Dan went. Hey, yeah, you're coming thanks. on the show, right? And I went, Oh God, it's Monday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah uh, Dan. Bro. Fill us in. Yeah.
1: Fill you in. Fill what, in do you what think? happened. Well, you got to listen to the. Uh, I got to
4: imagine you went on a rant. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I
1: went on a rant. Yes.
4: Yes, I did. Yes,
0: I did. Well, yeah, technically uh, that was our fault too because you know us coming in late it left Dan by himself to his own devices. So the rant was essential. It was uh, really was. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was.
1: Digger <laughs> called in a few minutes after I started off there, so. I I was happy because I was a little scared there that nobody was going to call in. Like, oh my God! Not that we know that I can't handle that myself because I never, ever, ever, ever shut up. Just look at the the one off episode, the hour of rage with Dan became an hour and a half with Dan. I mean, I lied at the title (laughs) today. I didn't mean to, but damn. And I gotta say, before I even talk about what went on in the beginning, like so many people were actually listening live
4: at that time. I was shocked. I was truly yeah, no, I don't get a thing that tells me how many people are actually listening. Now, I get the chat room in that because I just go to the Blog
0: Talk Radio thing. Mm. We'll give yeah, you yeah no, there, there were actually crazy. a lot. I forget the exact number, but I looked up the uh, the listener numbers. Yeah, we're that show. yeah, will give you
4: that info off the air. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah,
1: and um, this well, again, this isn't is is a thing of show out Yeah. Obviously, Dan went on about Shenandoah. And for the people out there who don't don't know the whole story with Shenandoah, I mean, obviously, that was a nationally, you know, spoken about story about the illegal alien being beat to death. And the true fact of the matter was he wasn't actually beaten to death. It was the way he fell and hit his head, and there you go. It's the cause of death, things like that. Now, I mean, personal opinion, I obviously don't support murderers. If it's never going to be the case. It's wrong on either side. But with the way the federal government came down on um Don Shack and Bikarski was a bit excessive, really trying to make an example and adding things that weren't even the case. And then you had the whole issue of the cops and all the, the underhanded involvement and things like that. It was all crazy. So, Went well, on they were acquitted of yeah.
4: murder in the first place, though. It wasn't like they got they were, you know, found guilty of it. That was passed. I mean, I believe it was, what, the Fair Housing Act of violating yeah. civil rights they were actually convicted under, which is mm-hmm. a little ridiculous. I mean, you've got one law covering a law that's already there. I mean, murder is murder. If they're innocent of murder, they shouldn't get put away for something else. That's how I view it.
1: Yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. There's there's so many different things that went on with that whole situation that were just wrong. The federal government involvement at that level was wrong. I mean, where's the federal government getting involved when American citizens are being killed by illegals, but they're right there when an illegal gets killed, you know, and that right there is a little, you know, raises a red flag, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Something is drastically off the deal with that. So I don't agree with the way they went about doing things because like Digger said, Realistically, there was a bit of federal double, double jeopardy going on there, and it's sad to admit, but it's true. I don't have a problem with people going to jail for crimes they commit because if you break the law, go to jail. You know, and I think that's what we're all about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so be it. But the fact that they were tried, acquitted, and then tried again,
4: ah. Uh, You're into a big, big, big gray area there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it it really does seem like double jeopardy at that point. Yeah, and there's no way of denying that. I mean, it just is the case. So
1: that was a little
4: crazy, I got to say. But,
1: and of course the
4: media was mostly quiet on that that point of it. I mean, as far as most people are concerned, oh, they got convicted of murder. I can't tell you how many people... When I talk to about that. They're like, oh, they got convicted of murder. They got what they deserved. I'm like, no, they were never convicted of murder. (laughs) And for some reason, that story is not told.
1: Oh, I know. And, I don't know.
4: Go ahead, Andy.
0: No, I was agreeing with Mike, actually. But, you know, most people don't pay attention to anything, one thing long enough to see the next step when there is a next step. You know, most people, like, to, like a lot of the people I talk to, you know, they just want to go to school or go to work and come home and do their stuff. So they they pay attention to the, you know, like I said before, whatever's shiny that week. And yeah. they go, oh, okay. And then, you know, the next week something else shiny comes up and they go, okay, well, what's that, you know? And then you never hear anything else about, you know, what has what happened after that fact. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's almost you know,
4: like with the issues anymore, you pretty much have to have people harping on them regardless of, you know, how long it's been or not. It, it's sad because a lot of the stuff that we talk about is pretty much common sense. But a person's like, okay, I get it. It makes sense. We don't really have to go on it. But we do because even though it makes sense, people will just seemingly will randomly forget. go completely against common sense and just do whatever.
0: Yeah, like I, I, was, I was at the doctor's appointment today, so I was sitting in the waiting room for about an hour and they had fox news on and the you know they showed wisconsin for about 5 minutes and what was happening there and everything that's going on for tomorrow and and everything else and the other like 40 minutes was consumed by charlie sheen and it just kind of tripped me out i'm like okay you're going to spend 5 minutes on something that's really happening and 40 minutes about charlie sheen suing about his contract and the weird ramblings of him <laughs> That doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> it's just maybe maybe it's I missed the hour where they, they covered cover all the people watching because right? it's yeah. all
4: about the dollar. That's all it is.
0: Yeah. So if it doesn't pertain to, you know, like a Kardashian, <laughs> then yeah. who the hell cares about that? So Which always just trips me out. Like now, so maybe the next hour they did 40 minutes on Wisconsin and only spent 20 minutes on Charlie Sheen. But it, I can that. What's that?
4: I could deal with that more than I could five minutes on Wisconsin and forty on Charlie Sheen,
0: but yeah, you know if I yeah if I was sitting next door to it, I could you know stick my head out and see what's going on, but I just you know I don't care what Charlie Sheen said today, I yeah. you know I don't care I don't care how if the Oscars sucked, you know <laughs> if, you're, if you're I know and I know it's a twenty four hour news source and there's a lot of time to fill up in a day, but damn.
4: You know, yeah.
0: So, like, I agree it's about a, something that's
4: relevant.
0: Yeah. Just, you know, and they're showing the same five-second like Charlie Sheen bit over and over again. Like, really, really.
1: <laughs> that's what's wrong with America. What's happening in Charlie Sheen's world today?
4: You
0: know. I mean, all I mean, Oh God, yeah. Year, for for, year, for all the information that we, that we have. Yeah. You know? For all the information that's at our hands and how people claim to be on the stick about things going on and what's really going on with issues um, and government and illegal immigration and everything else, for for all the information that is at our fingertips on the computer, you know, at any given time, you're worrying, you know, the, the top trending thing on Yahoo is, you know, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> so,
4: hey, see, I'm glad I'm yeah. not the only one who notices those things, and I will look at them just to see what's there. And hardly oh, ever sure. anything that's actually of any importance.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know, like and hilarious. like I said, and just, and of course, you know, the Oscars and things like that are going to be talked about. It's the day after, of course. Hey, don't get me wrong. I saw Kirk Douglas come out on the Oscars last night. I watched it for about ten minutes, and I was like, wow. I didn't realize he was still alive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he died a while ago. So that's kind of nice. Way to go Spartacus. But... You know, like I said, and just show down, people don't pay attention. Get your head out of your ass and don't you know pay attention to what you're looking at. Look at the more in depth things. You know, if you have this computer with all this information at your fingertips, look it up. Take the time. Pay attention. Educate yourself. See what's going on because that's what's affecting you. Yeah, that's what's exactly. destroying your house and and it's true some of this stuff might not affect you now but leaving things unchecked it's going to get to you or it's going to get to somebody you care about and then at that that day you're going to go oh shit no. oh, uh, oh what the hell happened because you were too busy looking up kardashians and charlie sheen
4: so yeah it happens to be i've trained myself to work around that cause ever like especially on uh, facebook when people make a good point they're like well here's a link that illustrates this point you ever click on these things and see it's like a 30-minute link, and you're like, oh, my God, I don't want to sit here for 30 minutes. But then I say to myself, wait a minute, this is actually about something I care about. I'm going to yeah, sit go, here, even though I don't out. want yeah. to, and take the 30 minutes to watch this.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. don't have that ability anymore. And it's hard on Facebook because, you know, you got to riff through 90 posts, you know, quoting song lyrics. You know? Yeah. And then, then you see yeah. one that actually you're like, oh, shit, okay, look, that's something to actually talk about. And, but you know, like I say, if you're not gonna pay attention you can't bitch about it, you know?
1: You know, and and that is what I like why we do what we do, why we take on these formats, why we hold these rallies and Bill, you know, like, yeah, for, for people listening you know, that are gonna actually be listening to this this extra bit here. I'm mean, gonna you guys <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I mean, all you guys and the on-demanders, as I call you, and <laughs> I, well, just on-demanders right now. You guys rock. You are. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times a day the show gets listened to, and I am just in awe of you. And now right? we're going to be start, starting with the rebroadcast too, which is going to be cool because when it rebroadcasts, you'll actually get the whole episode rebroadcasted as well. So this virtual podcast that we're doing right now will actually be part of the rebroadcast, which is awesome. You know, and I've gotta admit, like you guys you guys rock, but like the reason why we do it is just because we're trying to inform, inspire, and ignite that passion to a different degree. You know, we're trying to steer people away from the, the money launderers, if you will, the, the ones that want to control you and put you on a leash, to just believing in yourself, to just having a belief that you can stand up for yourself and for your country and don't need to be told what to do or how to do it or what to say. You know what I'm saying? That is why we do this. We put our asses on the line. Every time we hold an event, the death threats and everything else we go through, and none of us care. We don't care about that at all. It's done as a deterrent, and a lot of people yeah, and we've seen this before, especially, Andy, you know, from way back in the day with New Jersey, that one rally that was supposed to happen like three times and it kept getting canceled because of death threats from the MS-13. Right. I mean, you don't back down to it. We never, ever, ever back down to the threats made against us on our being, on our lives or whatever, public slander. And then we do it. We hold these events and they're successful because of all of you showing up, but also... You gotta be willing to stand up to the adversity, and it's well worth it when you consider what we're fighting for, what we're trying to do, and the alternative that we're putting out there.
0: Right, because we're nothing special. We're you know we're three dudes going about our lives. You know, yeah. I got my family. We work and we do everything that you guys are doing too, and worrying about mortgage and everything like that. But you know, we're we're just trying. To inform, as Dan said Just trying to get the message out there And see what's what else is going on And how people are, you know, screwing you And, you know, because The re-election will be coming up in, in a minute Well, hell, it started for the most part Because it's like Christmas, it just gets earlier And earlier <laughs> every year And they're going to tell you everything That you want to hear And every you're like, oh, awesome, I don't have anything to worry about Yes, you do Because like I said, what were the Republicans talking about? Creating jobs how many jobs they create so far, Dan? Nah. None. Nah.
1: I'll be right
0: back. All right. How How are they cutting? A lot. You know? Illegal immigration. We're gonna stop it. Like I said, gumdrops will fall from the sky, and puppies will never die.
2: <laughs>
3: but they don't.
0: But they don't do anything after that. And if you're not paying attention, or you're not holding anyone accountable, or you're not looking at it when you go in to vote, you're continuing to let these people do what they want, because even, like, uh, Dennis Butler, like the guy I do the Jackal Brothers show with on Wednesday, says, because they're like vampires. They can't come into your house unless you invite them. So take the time, look around, and see what's really going on. <laughs> Is there, like, a centralized website or something that kind of, like, has, like, you know, basically all
4: the House of Representatives and set of people and say, okay, look, we've got, like, 20 issues that were brought up, this is how these people voted. And I know there's separate ways to find it. Like, you can go through the roll calls and stuff like that, but then you have to try and find separate bills and stuff like that. Is there anything out there that's just like, if you want to know where these people voted on this, click this link and you'll find out right there. Is there anything easy like that? I
0: don't
1: know. If there isn't, I think there
0: should be. I don't, don't. I don't think that there is, but if not, Voice of the People will be bringing you that website soon.
2: <laughs> you better
0: believe it. <laughs> I might be sense, one to have uh, Digger
4: try and help help out with this if he's got the time. Because he would definitely yeah. be someone who would – that would be right up his alley, I'd think.
0: Yeah, because well, you need I mean, to see if these people are going for re-election. And they say, hey, what matters to me is you, and what's affecting and you, like, you know, And this is uh, how he voted on this issue he's talking about now. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't do jack shit in all my time because I'm worrying about, you know, all the people that gave me money and lined my pocket because all of the politicians really care about is, you know, riding in a limo. And, you know, uh, like the example you always are, always get used uh, by me of a league of their own with Tom Hanks. And he would come out and he's like, all I want to do is get my check and I want to wave my little hat and I'm going to go back inside, <laughs> Yeah. And that's it. That's yeah. all they really want. And whoever's gonna pay their keep their, their lifestyle good and and give them money and let them ride around in their limo and wave their little hat is who they serve. They don't serve any of us. And you need to pay attention to that.
1: Yeah, play in a donor base, you know? And that's why even well obviously I mean you guys know. That's why I kinda of grimaced when Digger brought up Barletta. I mean <laughs> There's no way of denying that, yeah. What Barletta attempted to do was big and definitely shot a wave across the country and gave a, a movement, a, you know, a, a real kick in the ass, if you will. But the, the public persona, as compared to the person,
0: you know what I mean? And Andy, you know yeah. very
1: well what I'm talking about. I
0: mm-hmm. mean, he's he's a typical politician. We, he like he he did something. Good and I, I won't take that away. He had a plan and he he went to put it into effect. It never ever passed or it did pass, but they never ever put it into effect. I'm sorry. And he he rode his popularity into Congress and he got to wave his little hat and he, you know, then forgot about right everything off. that he said he promised. Yeah,
1: I mean I remember being at the Iowa caucuses and asking Barletta. I mean well, that's just a funny story, but anyway, for being there and asking him, well, what about 287G? What about filling out an application and giving all your cops the actual deputization to arrest and detain illegals and do the job that ICE refuses to do that will not get you sued and can actually be, you know, enacted almost immediately?
0: Yes, but that doesn't get get me any media attention. That only gets me one five-minute story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And that's where the disconnect comes in, you know, and that's where, I mean, you and I both know we became jaded, you know, just because... Here are these people that were out there busting our ass for. And how many times at every single rally? I mean, you remember, we were doing one like every weekend, sometimes two a weekend. And oh, yeah. We,
0: it, it, was, it was like every other week we were somewhere, you know, yeah. at, at, at longest when we first came out.
4: Yeah. We need to get back to that, actually. Well, <laughs> yeah.
0: Good luck. <laughs> I got the two-year-old and the one-year-old. I'll see his message again. Oh, Okay. <laughs> We we're don't get taxes on a lot of that, because having kids it does change a hell of a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, the two-year-old and the one-year-old kind of hurts. So anybody listening, you know, sometimes I miss stuff. Sometimes I'm not always present. I'm always there, though. So my apologies. Right, I want to be at everything. but of course, That's what and, you all know, anyone, by. Yeah, anyone that always has, you know, a family and everything else. You know, sometimes stuff comes up, so I'd always love to be at them, so never get me wrong. I'm never not there or anything like that, but sometimes, you know.
1: Well, life takes effect, you know, but to your point, Mike, I agree with the fact that, yes, we do need to go back to a more mobilized state with these rallies because there's enough people out there and surely everybody listening will attest that you're pissed off and you're not getting what you want out of the Tea Party. The 912 groups, you're not getting that type of action that you you need
0: to. You know, well, who is? What have they back? done? It, it, what have it's been? nothing.
1: They've done nothing. Again, I gotta say, does the Tea Party really want Obama gone in 2012? They're gonna raise. Almost a billion dollars in a campaign to defeat Barack Obama. To not,
0: it, it's which, like Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich comes up every time there's a president, uh, an election, uh, and he just up personally? running. No, he goes out and he and he goes out. He talks. He raises money because that's his money, and then he goes, "Well, nah, no. hell with it. I'm, I'm not running." I know. So and Obama's going to probably get the reelection.
1: I've been saying that since freaking 2009.
0: I mean, yeah, there's like, nobody no, on the Republican no. side yeah, that's yeah. going to be able to take him out. I just yep. think Ron
4: Paul should announce his bid for election already to get it over with, and he's going to do it. Yeah, and like yeah. I said,
0: there's, you know, when you line up the Republican side, there's nobody with enough juice to knock Obama off the pedestal. Yeah. So he he's going to get the reelection. I'm calling it now. I'm. Sorry if anyone's pissed off by that, but it's true.
1: I agree. You know what? I gotta say, we're gonna not find out until like the end of June. But I'll go out and win if Donald Trump announces he's running.
0: I'll vote for him. <laughs> I will actually it's vote like for He has Donald enough Trump money to get out of debt. <laughs> he, you know, there's there's something intent. to be said for businessmen and a business like sense when running the government. But, well, And, you you know, Ross Perot was crazy, but he had good ideas. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, look what happened when he ran. He got a lot of
4: people involved that otherwise would have just sat on the sidelines and said, ho-hum, another election.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, and the the problem was, of course, the media. You know, a third-party candidate still, after everything and after all the bull of Republicans and Democrats and everything that they do and don't do and they say and don't say – a third-party candidate still never gets the press that they deserve, or they're made into a jackass like they tried to do with Ross Perot. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of his ideas made sense. They really did. But they all they wanted to do was go like, look, he's crazy. Look, we're going to make fun of his, the size of his ears and ha-ha, <laughs> you know, and point and laugh. And if we can't get past that, that there's other alternatives besides our two-party, you know, system which is the same you know tree with different branches. Yeah. Then we're not going to get anywhere. Our country's a mess, but we're not going to get anything done. You can't just keep going, well, the Republican sucks, so we're going to go Democrat. Ah, the Democrat sucks, so we're going to go Republican. It doesn't change.
4: Yeah. Get it Plus in your head. You hear me on the radio can. broadcast. I tell people vote for independent candidates because it's it's really the only way to go. You might not agree with an independent on everything, but at least they're bringing a, a not time and time again same viewpoint that Republicans or Democrats are doing, you know?
1: they yeah. You know? I mean, hell. The, uh, the Constitution Party. I keep going back to them. They nominated... Uh, here, y'all. I'll make this public white, because I've never ever said this to the people, actually. So, I'll say it right now. I was actually slated as the 10th congressional district candidate for Congress for the, Repo- um, for the Constitution Party this last election cycle. Yeah, it, it was something that supplies the hell out of me, I was honored. You know? And mm. I, I actually got votes, believe it or not. I mean, you know, like 100, but still. <laughs> you got to search them up. <laughs> I didn't even try. I didn't campaign because we were busy doing everything else, but you see, uh, who the hell am I? But they believe there's something because they believe in people that are actually constitutionally minded and offer a voice of alternatives to what's out there. And mm-hmm. I mean, people like that, even like Shalene and Tom Credo and these individuals that jumped to that party, I mean, there's significance there. Look at how many votes they obtained in their election. They didn't win, but look at how many votes they got. Yeah,
0: these but things. they made a nice dent. Yeah. I was exactly. surprised they got as much as they did. But it, you also, exactly if everybody, if everybody stands of... around and goes, well, I'm only one person, you know, you're not yeah. alone. Your problems you face, the things that are screwing you today, are not just yours. Trust me, there's a lot of other people. Get out there. Talk to people. You know, talk to us. We'll introduce you to people. We'll be your middlemen. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. start talking. If you are pissed enough to take a stand, then you're pissed enough to find the people and stand together, you know? Exactly.
1: You know, there's, there's like that I was there. saying
0: with Shalene, she actually came forward
4: with the controversials. She showed up, she talked about illegal immigration, and she got the votes because of it. Other than yeah. that she's also hot to boot, but, you know, I think that that influenced a few <laughs> votes. Just my personal <laughs> opinion. But... <laughs> <laughs> da, da, da. Wait a minute,
1: wait a minute, wait a minute. There was a bombshell there. Hold on.
4: Oh, it comes fine. out. I have a crush on Shaleen Nightingale. <laughs> Uh-oh.
1: uh <Uh-oh. laughs> Mike has a crush on Shaleen Nightingale, everybody. You heard her here first on Voice of the People USA Radio. A true patriot, though she is married, Mike still finds her be beautiful inside and out. And we hear at Voice of the People USA publicly endorse Mike's decision to voice Shaleen Nightingale. Thank you.
0: This has
1: been a public service now out of the USA. So, oh, and as always
0: Daniel, as yeah. always, we're still running the Voice of the People campaign to find Dan a date. Just so you know. <laughs>
1: oh man. Shut up. And that message was brought to you by me, a stupid moron, and Andy who doesn't know when to shut up. <laughs> and I just,
0: like, oh, I don't wait. So. Wait, hold on. That's funny coming from shut you. Up, shut, <laughs> up, shut <laughs> up, shut up, right <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to let that one slide And let's get back to what yes, we were talking about
3: Well, I'm actually going to be
0: getting off in a few minutes Because I've got ham and macaroni and cheese
4: waiting for me Ooh. Questions I have is When's our next show? Yeah, we'll announce that our
1: one up, next man. show! I'm, I'm thinking about Thursday night again
0: What time? Thinking Can about you? what? And you, are you
1: good for Thursday night?
0: Uh, I should be Thursday, 8 to 10 Eastern
1: I believe that I am
0: So I will be here and on time (laughs) Outstanding As long as my kids let me I'm good to go
1: (laughs) Mike, is that good for you? Yeah,
0: Yeah. that's fine by me, man Alright, well Mike You go enjoy your ham and macaroni Yes, I will I didn't get a chance to eat when I got home. I just got right on the show, so I've been dying
4: since then. Oh, Alright, Dan, Don't if you get the chance, sense. send me a text send me a check over with some of that stuff or uh, if you'd rather just give me a call later on and uh, after I'm done lunching I'll talk to you. Alright All right,
1: man. We'll talk soon. Okay. Take it easy,
0: Mike. Alright guys, take it easy. Catch you later. Hey, be All good. Right. And That's as always good. as we're plugging things Dan, might as well uh, once again, everybody, check out the Voice of the People Facebook page, yep. voiceofthepeople.com. Uh, I'm blanking no, no. on the website. do me.
1: Okay, dot acom <laughs> And Voice of the People USA radio fan page on Facebook. Also, check out the America Rising profile. And the Jackal Brothers fan page and profile page. Mm-hmm. All connected to one big happy twisted family.
0: That's so, right, and also the night before our next show, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, live on Blog Talk Radio, the Jackal Brothers show featuring me and uh, Dennis Butler. And at some point, when Dan's schedule allows, we'll be in, we'll be including Dan in that show too to keep our happy <laughs> family branched.
1: I look forward to it. It'll kind of be like what was on Repatriate Radio, only so much better. Ooh. Yes, <laughs>
0: because it won't suck. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yes, Ladies and let's and, and hold on, let's clarify. And the suck wasn't from us, so <laughs> well, not <exactly>. entirely, but
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we I'm not gonna we say could. we're masters
0: of what we do yet, but hey, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you
1: know, we don't claim to be anything fantastic. We're just honest. no.
0: Like I said before, we are everyday people going to work, grinding it out, just like you, looking to find the people willing to take a stand with us to talk about issues, to get it out there, and maybe, maybe at some point get somewhere to make a difference. Yeah,
1: you know, and that's what we're about. I mean, for everybody listening to this, I mean, Mike, Mike has been new to voice to the people. He came in last year. And got involved with Phoenix and did a hell of a good job, and you know, and everybody else that we've we've met from across the country that actually believes in what we're doing, believes in you enough to actually stand up and help us acquire it. I mean, that means the world to us. And what you have right now, with just me and Andy, I mean, we started this thing in 2007 with. Lots of doubt, for a belief that we
0: had to do something.
1: Absolutely, for, for
0: just an idea that came out of my kitchen. <laughs> yes. At midnight one night, <laughs> when we were yes. discussing it, when we said, "Damn, you know what? We'll try it." And like you said, we were we were racked with doubt. I mean, we grinded it out. Went to the you know public access television. Went to the radio stations. Went out, talked to people left and right. And had our first event in Hastings, and, and it was it was amazing that everybody yeah. came out. We had people from all over the country that showed up. So you know what? It all starts with an idea. It all starts with willing to take a stand and start voicing your concerns. And son of a bitch, look,
1: look what we did!
0: Andy, you there?
1: That, ladies and gentlemen, is called Feedback. Andy, can you hear me? Such a sentimental moment. I think his phone is dying. Hello? Well, now it's just me. (laughs) I think we lost Andrew Woodridge. <laughs> oh bad. See, as soon as we start talking about our history, the bad things happen, so look look what goes on. His phone dies, it's it's all an attack. <laughs> well, what Andy was saying though, for everybody listening, and this is something I mean from the bottom of my heart. I and mean, this is just me talking to all of you that will listen to this. We are far from perfect. But what we are are people that believe enough in, in all of you and believe enough in, in your passion and your willingness to take a stand for something and believe in this country. And we've been doing this since before Tea Party, since before it was popular. We've been out there holding hundreds and hundreds of events and rallies and going above and beyond to do all that we can, whatever we can. Because we believe it's worth it. We believe this country is worth it. We believe you are worth it. And Andy is like my brother. He is truly family to me. And he went out there and he sacrificed a lot in his life and a lot of his time that he didn't have. Because literally, right when we announced what we're going to be doing, I mean, he finds out that he's going to be a father for the first time. But yet... He didn't stop him. He kept going. He kept organizing and attending and making calls and doing shows at me and doing this and doing that. And the payoff was then what it is now. All of you out there actually listen, actually believe in what we're doing, because you believe enough in yourself and you know that you matter and you can make a difference if you're willing to stand up and fight for it. That is what we are for. We are here to be that alternative that says we put you first before money. We put you first before the elitist. We put all the issues that are affecting all of us together first and foremost. If that makes us wrong, we don't want to be right. So what more can I say? It's who we are and what we're about. To date, three hundred and ten rallies, a lot of work a lot of stuff but it's all been worth it every second of this has been worth it from all the jobs that we couldn't get and all the criticism and condemnation it's all been worth it because of you you guys and girls all inspire us and all we want to do is best serve you because we do serve as the author of the American people and it's not just a line that's not just some preconceived statement of saying, what can I say to get people to to buy in to what we're trying to sell? No. It's called honesty and sincerity. We're here, we exist, and we survive because of all of you. And because you're all worth it. I love each and every one of you out there. That gives us this opportunity to come into your home, come into your ears, and listen to what we have to say, or you attend the rally or whatever, or you share that link, or you share what we're doing. means more to me than you'll ever know. It means more to Andy than you'll ever know, to Mike, to everybody. Truly, truly said, you guys are our heroes. We thank you. I thank you. I keep all of you in my prayers every night. And all I can say is I look forward to seeing as many of you as I possibly can out there when we come around doing these rallies. We come around, and we stir shit up, so to speak, in your town, in your city. Seeing you guys out there is a payoff. So, with that said, it didn't go as, as they wanted it to. The mic had to go. Andy's phone died, but I think I finished Andy's thought. I should be good at that by now. But I love those guys. I love the fact that Dan Amato is a friend somebody that I admire. I call a friend and a partner in this fight. I want to thank him for being on this show because he truly, truly is an unspoken hero and a true, true inspiration to all of us. And I'm going to thank all of you.
0: Good breathe now.
1: (laughs) I don't breathe it up. I just keep talking and talking. I never stop to breathe. There we go. But honestly, thank you all. And again... This Thursday night is going to be our next show, so please, 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 please join us, eight to ten live. I guarantee you it'll be something different, guarantee. But it'll be fun, and what makes the show is the fact that you guys listen. So thank you all. God bless you all. Have a tremendous rest of the evening, night. Take care. Listen to the on demand, share it with your friends, listen to the rebroadcast, blogtalkradio.com slash VOPUSA, Voice of the People USA radio fan page on Facebook, America Rising profile on Facebook, need to rebuild that up, make it happen, and everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you all. God bless you all, and I look forward to speaking with you all again, very very soon with that said i am done and what more can i say take care everybody have a great night thank you so much for tuning in making the show special god bless we'll talk soon have a good night here's the music